0: Welcome to Afribility, a conversation about African business and technology. Today, we're going to talk about DPO We'll or the story across the following areas. One, African payments context. Two, DPO Group's early history. Three, product monetizations. Four, competitive positioning and exits to network international. And then fifth, we'll end with our views on its overall outlook. This episode was recorded on March 5th, 2023. I'm doing fine, man. Sunday nights in Lagos. Yeah, I'm hanging in there.
1: And you? It's Sunday morning in Seattle, and it's cold, and it's climate change, global warming, global cooling. We don't even know what's happening anymore. Yeah.
0: God save us. Yeah, I thought Miami was hot, but every time I come here, it's a next level version of hot. It's good to be back, back with Affrability. It's been a minute.
1: It's been a while. It's been a while. Let's get into it. Let's get into DPO DPO Group.
0: Group. What is DPO Group? DPO Group, corporate speak. It's a payments platform that allows merchants get paid by shoppers around the world in their currency of choice.
1: Yeah, I love it. They're also one of the companies that very quickly is like, oh, somebody paid money yes. for them. They bought them, exit, actually you know, exited. pretty big deal, pretty significant deal. They actually exited, built a business and sold it to somebody that wanted it.
0: DPO Group is a payment gateway platform founded in 2006 that allows merchants around the world process digital payments f- from Africa. They primarily started with airlines, but now they service a whole bunch of industries. They started in Kenya, but now they have a lot of people in South Africa. So they're a big deal. I also want to talk about the exit. That,
1: yeah. That was a very common thing. There were a couple of startups in Nigeria, 2009, 2010, Slim Trader, that really started processing payments for airlines as well because there was a very big... The way in Lagos now, in Nigeria now, everybody processes payments for hospitality <laughs> because they're the ones that see payment volume. 2009, 2007, it was airlines that see payment volume. Yes. Um, digital payment volume, at least. Yes. Yeah. And they
0: exited right. for $288 million. Let's just say $300 million, in the middle of 2020 when the world was ending with COVID. We'll talk about that birth, growth, Eventual exit. Banky, anything else you want to say before we do the public service announcements?
1: No, let's get into PSAs. Okay, okay,
0: PSAs. Found-
1: <laughs> I'm excited. I'm actually hyped. I love payments. Affability payments content. Uh, Affability fintech podcast. Let's go. Uh, it's
0: not. Just for the record, it's not. That's. My, I have the same response every time you say that. Founders, operators, investors, we'd love to link up with you. Partner, grab the ecosystem forward. Email banklay Listeners, join our mailing list. We actually we have a bunch of people now. Join our mailing list, it's on our website, it's a
1: great button. We send emails every two to three weeks. Okay, with that, biases. Um, this is like one of those things with hindsight bias, like to be positive, which is it worked out. He eventually did, they took a slightly different approach, slightly like different customer segment. And I'm I'm going to end up being super like positive because if if you say they believe Bitcoin it's wrong. Where's your own Where's your money? Your <laughs> if you want
0: to make fun of my, my Lamborghini?
1: Don't drive Don't drive a, a shitty Toyota Yo, Corolla. <laughs> yeah, sir, they say. Who you know how to build payments company? So Yo, it's like people, it's people. People say they made ho. Make another ho. Like people. It's payments. like
0: when business school professors start talking too much. They're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking. But see you there, you're teaching the GSP. Go and join a startup and suffer like the rest of us. There's, there's <laughs> Shout out to I GSP. Know, I remember doing a
1: class, I remember doing a class in school that like, they were like, oh, Pandora doesn't have the oh, right yeah. thing. And they had a CEO and it was like the strategy and money. i <laughs> ah. the fact that they are money? You know? <laughs> Yo,
0: biases, USD, United States dollars. Before I did the research, I was yeah. basically neutral because I didn't know much about DPO up until, a years ago, uh, up until a few years ago. If you asked me in 2018, I'd never heard about DPO in my life. If you ask around 2020, I'd heard a little bit about them, but I knew, I started to know about them more and more as we started the podcast, a little bit neutral. As I did more research for the episode, my bias is now more positive. The CEO seems like a stand-up guy, moved from another country, built a company, and I like the fact that it was mostly bootstrapped, so he seemed like someone who's focused on efficiency and effectiveness. We'll We'll talk more about his story later, but he seemed very likable, even though I've never met him before. And again, the fact they've already exited, right? Like you said, there's some hindsight bias. Overall, I'll be positive. It's hard to be negative with $288 million exit. I think with that, we started. You
1: understand. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I can get get started with Africa, Kenya payments context, background of the founding and talk about what payments was like. I think I'll talk about what payments was like, how people did financial services, what digital payments was like at the time. And this is very early, right? This is DPO Group was founded in two thousand and six. Before Safaricom, right. can you believe that? Before M no, not from Safaricom. Before in M- Pesa. Ah, I'm sorry. Ah, please don't don't M- assume.
0: Safaricom, Safaricom predates, is in Tokyo. <laughs> predates Kenya.
1: <laughs> what do you about Safaricom? You know, think all that Safaricom is Mount Kenya? <laughs> oh, so uh, they, they
0: predate MPSA, Pesa, which is uh, incredible.
1: They predate M- Pesa. So pretty early. couple of things to note: fairly obvious, not much financial inclusion if at all, barely any internet or mobile penetration mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. at all. The, the payment infrastructure that existed at the time, they were just forming groups of financial institutions in in Kenya, commercial banks, which is sort of, I don't know, the KCB right. and the like. You have national payment system. They had ATMs, but only urban areas, very expensive, wow. very difficult to use. They had it in sort of like a mm-hmm. name only. There was the Post Office Savings Bank. No automated payment infrastructure. Wow. Just come to the come to the <laughs> and join the New line. cards have been issued. Few ATM's deployed. <laughs> yeah, they had microfinance institutions. Mm. They the, which were which build off commercial bank infrastructure mm. as well. No direct access to the national payment system. Mm. Very small in size. Again, deposits those days of bank vaults in the community wow. and things like that. So, so we're very, um, very ca- finally, uh, a very very finally, cash based society. Very cash based, very cash based, not very mm. digital. I think only commercial banks, I think the takeaway is a couple of different segments of financial services, only commercial banks had access to or an ATM infrastructure. Mm. Digital payment channels were new, expensive. ATMs in 2007, it cost $25,000 to install an 25, ATM. Um, in $25,000. $1,000. And that's not even in inflation adjusted. Dollars.
0: It was like almost 40 something thousand. No, in 2007. Yeah, in 2007. Dollars. Today yeah, it's almost 40,000 Lord have mercy.
1: Yeah. You're like, Yo. of course there's not going to be no digital, no damn digital payments, right? And no financial inclusion because bank branch branches then cost $300,000 to Jesus. set up so some benchmarks. Wow. Few customers had debit cards or credit mm. cards. They were ATM networks but they were proprietary. They didn't really talk to one another. Which is, you actually forget where it's like, fam, I can only go to this bank ATM. There's no
0: fee. okay. Option, Let me just right? rant. Shout um, out to Bank of America charging $4 for using like another company's ATMs. What the hell is going on with these companies? We're yeah. talking about... No. My, my rant is not related because it's a different country. I'm talking about America. Banco is talking about Kenya. But for God's sake, ATM fees, someone needs to stop the madness. But fine, my
1: rant is over. Is what is when I moved to the US, <laughs> I realized that different people collect money. Off. Everyone is getting paid. <laughs> that, that, the owner of the machine collects collect fee. Your yes, own we'll bank charge you, will yes, collect fee money out. Uh, I'm like, they'll say this is our yeah. own fee. Go and talk to your branch for the fee. And I now see that I saw other imagine. fees. They'll now call international imagine. fee again. Imagine so, so, so imagine if if, if you wanted to get $12
0: mistake. and then you pay two, two. Twelve, two, two. So you got sixteen dollars. What what the, the percentage of the fees insane. You paid like thirty percent fees. In it incentivizes it's you to either like walk for twenty blocks to find your own bank's ATM or even worse, just don't yeah. use an ATM at all. Anyway, but back on topic, sorry for the distraction.
1: Yeah, back back on to topic. The digital payment channels were new and expensive. 2005 was the first year, so they found 2006. 2005 was the first year in Kenya that there were more ATMs than bank branches. Wow. In- yeah, it's crazy. And at the time, Australia had two and a half more ATMs. Mm. UK, four times more ATMs than branches. Just get mm. a sense of, there were more bank branches than ATMs at the time of D- DPO mm. Group. retail transactions switching, New, very expensive. It was very difficult to find. There were two major switches: Ken Switch and Visa. There was another one, Pesa Point, that cleared between banks. But it just was just very expensive. Fees were high, even by international standards. Mm. I think it was one dollar default ATM interchange wow. at the wow. time. Like just crazy fees. Mm. And essentially, this was the world where nobody was doing digital payments. It was not even cool. There was not even like a clear demand for it. And we'll talk about the founder story in a bit, but it was just meeting that one demand of collecting and helping people process payments online, but there was not any kind of digital payment service. If you, to put it in also other context, I think Interswitch was 2004, 2002. Yes, think, Yes, 2002. 2002. So it was just about the same correct. time, yeah, where there was like a, a switch and, and payment service. Yes. Audience so, is not so
0: familiar with some of the terms you're using. You want to explain what a switch does and all that. A switch maybe also do a non-technical way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If, a switch is 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 the is the middle layer, right? It's the, it's the middle layer where people come to meet and discuss who has correct. what? And then make the exchange where the actual transaction kind of happens where correct this, this happens the finals, final final settlement
0: points in, in the series of steps of the transaction yeah
1: so one of the things we take for granted right now in in, in payments not even developer in the world is is i can always send money to somebody else not always for the most part a lot of that involves one switch or multiple switches depending but at the time of dpo group just not enough demand if they're not enough ATMs, not enough cards. Switching is expensive. There's just nobody mm-hmm. doing doing that or needing that. Pop- there, were, there were switches, but it was very expensive. Yeah. It was only for wealthy people.
0: Because we've done so many episodes on affordability, this theme of low financial inclusion, expensive costs, lack of ATM, lack of bank branches, all these things, they're very, very common. As you listen to Bankoli talk, don't think it's an isolated Kenya problem. If you listen to our InstaSwitch switch problem, same thing in Nigeria, same thing in the other eastern parts, of Africa, not just Kenya, and then some other West African parts as well. So basically, just at this point in time, two thousand, let's say two thousand to twenty ten, that whole time, the financial infrastructure in most African countries were not really developed. And what that means in regular English is, poor people yeah. didn't have access to financial services. It's actually crazy.
1: I was in Lagos two oh, weeks wow, ago, we almost a week ago, and one of the things that is f- one of the things that is funny is, you realize that people are entering boss downfall and paying with transfer now for many different regulatory mm. reasons. The- Government is messing up some new, no distribution. Mm. But to go from this version of the world where there were no digital payments, it was very expensive, and no switch, and now people are entering BOSS, and you enter the BOSS, and instead of paying, you get an account number from the BOSS and make a transfer to this version of the world where everybody expects. Like, you go buy food, you make Mm. a transfer. Like, all the places I used to buy food from in in KC or Unilag, now can a transfer? Which is kind of... Yabba spots. You buy... Yeah, on oh my, oh my, on oh my, Coca. Oh oh oh, that's all do transfer. Everybody does transfer. Years. To go from that to, to go from nobody's doing digital in 15, 20 years is actually pretty yes. impressive. And a much more advanced, advanced system than the West, I will say, than the US, I will say, for when it comes to payments. Yes,
0: I'll add uh, a little bit more to what Bankoli said. There were a bunch of things happening. Lack of banking infrastructure, like Bankoli said. Cash was widely used. Credit cards were not really a thing at all. Not to even mention credit cards. Even debit cards were, were not a thing. And this will come back in the story later. Mobile money was not yet widely used, obviously, because Mpesa hadn't launched. All those things put together, they set up a system where it was hard for businesses to collect payments digitally. And the kinds of businesses that really, really wanted to connect, collect payments digitally were businesses like airlines that transacted with international com- customers that had different expectations. So regular English, if you are an airline in Kenya you may be transacting with Greek, French, English people who want to buy tickets to come to Kenya. And they are already used to you paying with their credit or debit cards. Those were some of the things going on around the scene, 2006-ish. And that led to the story for, for DPO today. So, thank you. Any additional thoughts you want to wrap us with? before You to used, go on. It used
1: to... No, no, no. I, I was just going to add to that. It used to be just pure cash. It's actually insane to think about. You go with the wild of cash, those black nylon bags that they give you in the bank in Nigeria. You go with that to Lufthansa right. office. And, and don't, don't like, forget, it don't it's even now. worse.
0: At some point, there was no 500 naira note, no, no 1,000 naira note. Those, those only came up when I was yeah. a kid. You actually had to go with the small bills and stack it.
1: You go deposit, you write a form, you deposit, you now, you now collect the teller. Because <laughs> you, go, to the, you <laughs> go there, you say you want to pay for ticket, you give a special deposit <laughs> form, you right. write it, then you now take it to the Lufthansa or DSTV right. or wherever it is, and then you say, hey, I've paid, activate my thing. You give them the teller, deposit number.
0: That, that That's the way it goes, man. I that's couldn't the way do. it goes. So all that has happened that's in 2006. Problem. I'm six. I'm going to get into this story. But first, I'm going to set some context. OK, the party the party's starting. Let's get the party started. So a bunch of things were happening around the world in 2006. Number one, Google announced its acquisition of YouTube for $1.65 billion. Unbelievable. One of the best acquisitions of all time. Twitter yeah. was launched in 2006. <laughs> I didn't know Twitter was launched in 2006. Twitter is so old. Oh, my god. Twitter has been around for that long, 2006. All that stuff is happening around the world. And actually, The PlayStation 3 was also launched. I thought the PlayStation 3 was relatively new. It's old as hell. Amazon announced the Amazon Kindle, also 2006. The MacBook Pro was announced for the first time. 2006 just seemed to be like a great year. YouTube, Twitter, PlayStation 3, Kindle, and MacBook Pro. All that stuff was happening in global tech. More Mm -hmm. relevantly for us today, though, more more relevantly for us in Africa tech, 2006, a bunch of things were happening. MTN had already passed 40 million subscribers. So imagine. MTN was already a juggernaut even then, incredible, even in 2006, yikes. The payment landscape in Africa was such that mobile money was not yet a thing, and banking infrastructure was limited, cash was rampant and used, and it was hard to process payments. That's all the stuff that's happening, and that led to the the founding story of DPU. I'm gonna talk about the two co-founders, I'm going to start with Aaron and go through his story. But I'm yeah. to feel free to, to jump in. First of all, I'll just say Aaron's story is, yeah, yeah. is incredible. Aaron has a pretty unique background compared to other African tech founders. <laughs> he was originally from Israel. He was born in Israel. He was into computers as a kid. He got his first degree in computer science around 1998 to 2001 in Tel Aviv. And even though he had a degree in computer science, he got a job as an airline pilot, <laughs> which is very, very, very strange. But but he did say... In addition to being the airline pilot, he was also managing the IT stack for the airline. For me, it's so bizarre that the same person, <laughs> the story is hilarious.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. I I also got a degree in electrical <laughs> engineering, focused on instrumentation and power okay. engineering, and I got a job in consulting. Okay. Focus. Okay, I'm focused. Anywhere you are, God <laughs> can bless you. Anywhere you are, <laughs> God can bless you. Okay. Don't tell. This,
0: this is the first time in Billy we've ever had a pilot. Great. Then the story started to get very cool around 2001. He said even though he liked being a pilot, he started to get bored with that and he wanted to do something more in tech. He started to pivot his career, started to do some entrepreneurial type activities around payments, e-commerce and travel because obviously he was working for an airline. So while he was trying to hustle and do a few businesses here and there, he got a call from a Kenyan airline. And the Kenyan airline was basically like, oh, we heard you've been doing a bunch of stuff with e-commerce, with payments and telco. We want someone to help us process online payments. We, we, we don't have any expertise in this, can yeah. you help us? But they sort of asked in a professional services, consulting kind of way. It wasn't like, oh, come and build us a product. Yeah. It was like, come and give us advice. Basically selling body. He said he'd never been to any African country before. And yeah, he went on a flight and he moved all his shit to Kenya. And that's how the, the story starts. One day, Aaron got a call from a Kenyan airline and they were like, we need some help processing online payments, we don't have any expertise in this, we've mm-hmm. never done this before, and we heard you're doing all these things. And I think Aaron was a, at a very interesting intersection. He knew about the airline industry because he was a pilot. He knew about tech because he studied computer science, I was doing IT for the airline. And he knew about e-commerce and processing payments because that was one of his startups. One of the few people that could do it. And just to be clear, this wasn't a build a tech product for us. This was more come and give us advice, more like professional services and consulting. That's the intro for the story. Any thoughts so far on the story?
1: No. And you also mentioned that he... Came to Kenya for the first time visiting Yes, African he had never country. been in any African
0: country. In fact, he said in some of his interviews that he was really scared because
1: the reputation.
0: <laughs> people said, oh, you're going to Lagos. You'd be now I'm like, yo, your yo, Lagos is in
1: Kenya, dude. <laughs> do, you, do you Do you? remember Justin Sacco who tweeted before she went to the oh, plane no. to Cape Town? Oh, I'm going to South Africa. I hope I don't catch no. AIDS. And then she landed and her life had like completely unraveled by the time that she landed. That story is,
0: I can't, um, and the worst
1: part about it, if I remember right really well,
0: she was like a communications PR person.
1: I mean, I don't yeah, she's a PR job. person.
0: It's pretty wild. I mean, it's pretty wild. She had to change her name. That's is literally wild. your job. I, I can understand how, pretty wild. if it's not your area of expertise, you're not sure what to say.
1: Anyway, fine. On, on Yo, topic. She tweeted it and turned off her phone and went on a plane to Cape Town. By the time she landed, she was out of the job. It's <laughs> kind of like, wild. Yo, can I still use my business flight <laughs> ticket back? Fine. Yeah, kind of wild. No, but what I was going to say about Aaron's story is, it's one of those... You, you hear it all the time where you go somewhere and, and like you go somewhere and like, oh my God, they don't have any shoes. Everybody's walking barefoot. Let's go sell some shoes. And this is literally one of those stories where it's like, oh, they, they don't have this. Maybe I can do this and build this. And it actually worked out. I, 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 my default is to be cynical about stories like that, right. which is, you want to understand well, why well, something well, happens. Well, why you're right cynical, but you're right to be cynical, but this is different.
0: Do. It wasn't like he intuited that, oh, they have a problem, let me go there. They called him and said they had a problem, so a pull, not, not a push.
1: So it's more likely to work. Validated. Your
0: intuition is right that if someone is, let's make up uh, like France, a French person says, oh, I guess in Mali they have this problem, let me go. That's different. Like he's not from there, right? She's not from there. But this yeah. is literally, they called him. Yeah. A little bit different. Anyway, so he packed all his shit. He moved to Kenya for the first time. He said he was a little bit scared, but he started to, to settle down. And yeah, so our story You can see it's a little bit similar to Gustav's story, the BIMA Health founder, because BIMA also had never been to Africa, although BIMA did go to Ghana, which Ghana is different than Kenya. So listen more Mm. to Afrobility episode 39 about the BIMA Health story. Anyway, coming back, that is the the story. Eventually he launched, not DPO Group, (laughs) but (laughs) 3G Direct Pay. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, can I, I can't stop making fun of these days. Like, yo, (laughs) the name is so bad. 3G Direct Pay. It's like, it's almost like, I know you don't have a marketing department, but for God's sake, man, 3G direct pay is a terrible name. No, no.
1: I <laughs> o- o- actually I actually disagree. I think that is a good name. I can't you know wait why? To hear you, this. Know why? you know why it's very literal. Imagine imagine how long. Yeah, because that was t- that was a technology at the time. It was payments over Fine, 3G. Okay. 3G yeah. direct pay. So imagine how much how long it took us to come up with the name after right. reality right? Because we're trying to find right. something that made sense, catchy. Yeah. Which just says Africa Tech Comedians.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the name of the podcast. Comedy show
1: with Bachelet To be super comedy on Africa Tech, yeah. <laughs> because you want to be explicit about what you do right. in the name, yes. right? It's like 3G direct pay. Not 3G pay, <laughs> but direct. Not pay through. 3G direct pay. Wow. And then you add online for for good effect, just yeah. so it's okay. It's, difference of opinion, um, but anyway, if, if dude, I'm not mad about they, it.
0: They rebranded it to, to DPO what? Group, and DPO Group stands for Direct Pay Online. Not that <laughs> it's not that different. They they basically they dropped the 3G it's and different. and made it like a, a an, an initialism instead of like four words. Fine.
1: The, the MTM school of business naming. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so that that's it's, the sto- That's the Aaron's story. Now I'm going to talk about our second founder. The second founder. His name is. Offer Gats. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but fine, I'm not from there. Apologies if that's mispronounced. He also grew up in Israel. Interestingly, he's like 15 to 18 years older than Aaron. I'm always curious about co-founder dynamics when when one person is that much older, but fine. He studied political science and philosophy, eventually got into the travel industry, Mm -hmm. and he had a bunch of executive roles. He was the VP of some airline, the CEO of another airline, president of another airline. We're not gonna go into the details, they're not super relevant. Let's just say, think about him as a seasoned executive in the airline industry. Executive. Now, so he teamed up with our friend, Aaron, and then they co-founded DPO Group. It did seem to be that he was more in the background. If you do some research about the early history, he's hardly in the picture. He's hardly, the the face of the company was very, very clearly Aaron. And, And yeah, they eventually teamed up And then they moved to kenya and they made it work that is the story of dpo i'll talk more about how things changed, but think about it at this point as 3g direct pay offering consulting services to airlines there were six people and they never scaled that much for the first 10 years of their history they only had six people because they're doing consulting services that is that is the story of dpo group founders
1: yeah it would be super difficult to do that if you were not them with their expertise, right? Because you you could wonder and say, "It's easy to be like, oh, that was so long ago, but why wasn't, why didn't a Kenyan do that?" You know, you think about it, right? Obviously, expertise is not as deep, you know, you don't have familiarity with the problem, Correct. but also if you think about their bios of both of them, they were just in a unique position to have the relationships to even of be course. in the room, right? Like I couldn't go. You know, how would you, if you're a developer in Nigeria today, right? Even today, sell to an airline? In fact,
0: I was trying to summarize the part of the story. This is how deep their experience was. So, the older CEO, um, the older founder, I mean, Mafer, he was the president and CEO of a travel company for three years in Tel Aviv. So, TZABAR Travel Company. He was the president and CEO Mm -hmm. of another aviation and tourism company for six years, CLAL Holding Company. And then was the VP of global sales for Israel Airlines for eight years. So, I mean, add it all up, he was a senior executive slash CEO for somewhere between 14 and 18 years. Highly yeah. seasoned in the industry. And he also had an MBA from Tel Aviv University. Yeah. He, he So, very understandable that for the market niche that was travel airline, they were much more, they had a lot of yeah. industry
1: expertise. Also thinking of the evolution of payments companies, right? You start from, at the time it was airlines as the hook because they had a lot mm-hmm. of payments and a couple of years ago in Nigeria I'm more familiar with hospitality was a big hook they had green payment mm-hmm. volumes and, <laughs> and 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 Olympia's favorite industry oh my betting, god it's I'm pretty huge started. as well because they have significant amounts of significant amount of nothing positive to say about well, that well if you if, if you get if you get a couple of them you can you can make you can you can bootstrap a business basically you can make that a b-shed and then build into other yeah. things yeah and airlines were early before everybody else having this yeah. name. interestingly
0: even though they were early after 62 63 episodes of affordability we haven't heard that much about airlines it seems as though they were early but a lot of the companies we've talked about didn't focus on them which is interesting or backley do you have a different perspective i haven't
1: spoken a lot about airlines no. right? very few I times think i i know i think they were I think they've been captured, right? They are they are basically super, techni- it's not technical, super like specific Correct. use cases. And it's easy to centralize that sort of similar to how Uber will come to Nigeria and like fix their payments right. and move on. Just I'm not even discussing this. They have like three, four payment providers. There's actually, it's funny. And I don't know if this is what this company does. I don't want to say your name. But a lot of payments companies now are building, and this is in the West, building an orchestration layer that helps you optimize amongst multiple different payment providers <laughs> in different markets for different reasons per customer. And I'm like, that's actually incredible amount of complication, yes. but depending on your use case, obviously it might provide business value for you to integrate Flutterwave, PayStack, everything and per transaction. Yeah, no,
0: I I, I love it. I'm like, a, It's like a philosophical question about abstraction layers. Like from a purely, philosoph- if you like simplicity, you want one touch point that manages everything else. But when you look at the actual numbers, mm-hmm. it may make sense to route it makes sense to have smart routing technology that says in Uganda, even though we have both partnerships with Flutterwave and Paystack, we should use Flutterwave because it's cheaper. Mm. And Flutterwave isn't gonna do that for you. They're yeah. not gonna route it. <laughs> Paystack is not gonna do that. Only another company or you can do that. So it sort of makes sense. It's just like you're abstracting optimization of a payment route for a form of payments from a customer. Just, FinTech is just like all the way down, man. Turtles all the way down. Anyway, so let's come back yeah. to the story. I'll I'll summarize a few things on the story. DPO was not a tech company when they were founded. Don't think about it like a tech company, think about it like a consulting advisory company. DPO had six employees from when they launched in 2006 to 2015. And Aaron even said, like, he didn't even consider DPO to be a fintech company. That's the first takeaway. Second takeaway is DPO originally started because of requests from a travel company, which means they remained highly focused on the travel industry. Even up until 2015, the majority of the customers, majority of the revenue was still on the travel industry. So that's the summary of the founding story of DPO.
1: Yeah, it's it's I think it's like a example of meeting a customer, solving a customer problem. Yes. Like, what are you doing? We're not building, we're not playing startups. Six people. They had a six business. people for nine years.
0: We're <laughs> a business. before they launched six co-founders, that, if you're junior, <laughs> they only <already> have, <laughs> yeah. so you, Dude, that's, that's, that is way out of pocket, dude. That is, that is, Blowing bullets all the way. <laughs> dude, you're on fire today. Wow. Sorry.
1: Like six co-founders sorry, of Junior. Uh, okay they come for Lumidio. This is not an email to info. It. I, thought, you I promise to not respond. <laughs> <laughs> not it, i to John. Great. I'll talk about their fundraising. It's not a lot of it, but I'll talk about their fundraising and how they thought about the geographic a quick expansion. One, I think. And some of their acquis- expansion acquisitions. I'll go to fundraising, geographic expansion, acquisitions, and sort of where they are, touch on a bit of the metrics as well. Starting with the fundraising, it's very difficult to find any data about <laughs> it. Again, it's clear, it's clear that Iran and Offer they took their Correct. own coins. They bought their own plane tickets to, to, to Kenya, hired their yes. own staff, sold the service for which they took money out to cover their expenses, like a yes. regular business. And they didn't really raise any money up until 2015 from or 2016. Completely as the bootstrapped. I they didn't
0: any money. And I mean, you can tell from the fact they had six employees for so many years. It was one of those, it's like the, the distinction between a regular everyday business versus a tech business. They're not trying to fan, they're like, yo, are we profitable? Do we need an extra employee? And they just ran it like a consulting business. So... It makes sense, but the story changes yeah. a lot when they start to get money.
1: Yeah, so 2016, they got an investment from Apis, which is traditionally a private equity yeah. firm. Shout out to Apis, um, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> shout out, shout yeah. out to Apis, yes. by the way. Apis invested $5 million in 2016, and then $10 million in 2017, which was the mm-hmm. big one, where they acquired a significant stake mm-hmm. in in DPO Group. Pretty much very similar to the Helios InterSwitch relationship where Helios was a majority yes, shareholder yes. in Switch, Appis was like, we need one, okay. two. <laughs> so, 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 point, out. Are you sure you don't
0: mm-hmm. have those numbers swapped? Well. I have it the other way around. 2006, 10, and then 2017, oh. 5. Interesting. Uh, but, 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 I, but either I'm way, sorry. it was 15, 15 and the, the whole yeah, company 15, just changed yeah. from that point. It was On very Apis. clear that like, they had yeah. a vision for what they want, wanted the company to do, and the vision was not six people doing consulting business. The vision was something bigger.
1: Yeah, and also it's the other interesting thing. I'll talk a bit more. My conclusion is private equity, like Appis is a PE shop that takes money. Typically has a seven to ten year yes. fund life. Look at looks at P and Ls, looks at cash flows. Funds a bit of a transaction yes. with debt, depending on the market, and the cost of debt. It's a very different model from VC, but that's where the money is. L- money.
0: Let's let's talk about so, PE VC divergence. We're going to take a segue. This is going to be very educational. I love talking about stuff like this. So what was the difference? PE companies they typically do full buyouts of mature businesses. They're not, they're going for companies that are more mature, bigger, older. And when they do the full buyout, they typically do the full buyout with debts. And the whole goal is they go there, they make it more and more quote unquote operationally efficient, and then they they flip it. Now, obviously that's very, very different than venture capital. Venture capital, you're not buying the whole company. You're taking a small equity stake, small. Some people say it's big, but (laughs) who's asking? Anyway, and you're investing way earlier if it's seed, and then there's also growth stage VC, but it's very, very different because one is full ownership for flip, another one is minority. It's interesting that a PE firm would do this deal because this is obviously a little bit smaller, significantly smaller than what they'd be
1: interested in. But hey, it happened, so. I think there was also precedence with Helios and InterSwitch. In, you know InterSwitch, I think it's coming <laughs> because everybody must... Yes, oh yeah, money.
0: you're right. And the oh. precedent is actually more than I thought because Apis, I think, is London-based. Helios is London-based. And... InterSwitch is payments. These guys are payments. Yeah, it, it makes sense. So,
1: okay. Helios invested in payments company, same as APS, and built it out. And it was very clear. I'll talk about their expansions and acquisitions in a second, but they are now in 24 countries. They're pretty much an API payments company. You know, being in the country doesn't have quite the same feel as Jumia being or, or in the country. Uber. You know, make of, that, make of that what you will. Or Uber, exactly. How did they expand? basically how they expand. They expanded through a lot of acquisitions. They have, like, just similar to MFS MF, MF Africa, working in tandem with APIS Partners, I'm going to read a quote, DPO acquired and successfully integrated five companies in only it's four years. incredible, right? Man. While launching new products and ancient new countries, right? So I'm going to go bang, bang. Okay, before go you go through, things, let me I'm just make say,
0: a, yeah. a meta point. We've seen a lot of M&A strategy on affordability, but this one, the based on the speeds... And the quote-unquote success, it's actually quite unique, but we'll go through. And it seemed like they had a strategy of like geographical reach, expand the product line, and then a a primary focus on South Africa. A lot of the acquisitions were in South Africa. You can go through it. I was just, I was so curious about that. And also the fact it was very, very clear how heavily involved Apis was. Like they they seem to be like there at the background pushing everything. Who knows? It may even have been the idea from the start, but if you know so.
1: That's Honestly, that's why, that's why I love that's why I love finance, man. Finance is just like you can have an idea of how the world should mm-hmm. be and have the capital to make it to, to shape Ver- it in that versus affordability. Like, definitely have an idea. Of, <laughs> versus,
0: I mean, we have a, a kid and we just talk. <laughs> we tell jokes about what the
1: world should be. Like like comedy <laughs> podcast. I keep saying that. This these guys, what this is that it, you can look at the company and look at DPU and say, man, you guys are doing X, but you could be all these different things. And this is how and we have a plan to execute. And there would have been a deal memo that laid out that plan to execute on it. And this is capital, right? Let's take the risk along with you, let's hedge appropriately, and let's fund this. And then it went on a buying, well, buying, merger, yes. whatever spree. The funny thing is, I'm not
0: sure if I'd I would have taken the offer at the time. I mean, now with
1: hindsight bias,
0: it's hard for me to move that bias. Obviously it was a good idea. It just depends on, it depends on the numbers involved. Cause if he's already running a profitable business and he's less risk averse, I don't know how he thought about it but it ended up working out so no. well I don't know.
1: It could also I don't I don't actually think so I actually feel like you're underestimating the amount of competition and the amount of squeeze they would have been they could have been squeezed out by competitors in some markets by, by by themselves without these acquisitions right? Because it's only a matter of time before somebody else comes in and they're like a small payments company in 2 3 years they're like a really small payments company with like couple of major customers how many airlines are there right and somebody yes. steals one all of a sudden all your
0: revenues go six I, employees I know. becomes four it's just four. like it's just yeah. such a different mindset like <laughs> bootstrapped six people we know we make 10% profits no.
1: it's like the, the mindset of oh we need to buy five companies they would have taken money off the table as yeah. well they have taken money off the table yeah. as well you are not going to stress out kids college is sorted yeah. out Buy the house in the b in the b. Yeah. Buy the house in a resort town in, yeah. in Israel. Yeah. You know what I'm no, no like, you're right. Live a soft The soft life now. the
0: deal is very very important. And the good thing about PE folks is they know how to yeah. grease the wheels and incentivize the right people. But it's a. I wonder yeah. if he took time to yeah. pause and think we'd about. Earn, With earn outs, all that good stuff. Yeah. Earn out's a milestone standard. Yeah. Yeah. You know
1: that they will not have <laughs> seen any money until <laughs> this exit. Like this, this exit is <laughs> for them as well. Let <laughs> I me mean, give them. I gave them like a new iPad <laughs> in 2016 when they invested. Like, here's iPads for the team. <laughs> and, uh, if we make money, you make money. If we don't make money, I guarantee We're you. down you, everyone's office. <laughs> <Well>. Everything. <day. laughs> Everyone. Anyway, so, so some, I'm going to run some of the acquisitions. So Paygate in 2016. <laughs> Paygate is a South African payment processing comp- processing company that offers online payment processing and serves clients in 24 right. countries. That's how you make mm-hmm. the connection. Paygate, so I try to figure out like these acquisitions, what segments do they focus in? So they come in, focus on software airlines. Paygate focuses on larger businesses, enterprises with unique integration needs. Within payments, th- those ones tend to have their own business account or merchant account. So, common thing with payments, depending on whether you use something called a payment facilitator or not, you can have a business. A direct relationship with the network Have a business account or a merchant account if you're big enough or you can go through say stripe or square where you are sub you become a sub merchant and yes the, obviously depending on the use cases one one is quicker than yes. the other the merchant account is very convoluted to get requires right and it forward. depends
0: on, on the, the scale so
1: paygate was typically focused on larger enterprises yes, on the scale, yes, yes. right so paygate is focused on larger enterprises acquisition in 2016 it's like okay mm-hmm. we're doing that let's go 2017 pay through see so this is why <laughs> the names are so good the names are horrendous like pay what do you think that is payment Payment Yo. gateway you can't think it's a shop you can't think the it's a coffee shop It can't be like coffee shop Yo, it's the like funny thing is, okay. pay is a payment well, gateway audience,
0: pay, pay through is even spelled correctly it's it's p-a-y-t-h-r-u they they, they look for r-o-u-g-h they like oh the name is gone fine pay through horrendous but i i respect yeah. it i respect the simplicity yeah like mtn mobile telephone also, network <laughs> what does mtn stand for mobile, exactly like...
1: <laughs> VoDacom, voice data voice, data, t- voice voice data phone yeah voice data phone it's like oh we need a new one it's a VoDacom. let's like keep I it cool it. Pay through south africa processes mention payments mobile money mobile mm-hmm. wallets set up in 2010 processes for at the time, for Takealot, Superbalist.com. We should probably do something on Superbalist. It's pretty sizable. We should do something on e-commerce in yes. South Africa. I think we, we, is we did Takealot take as one of explore. our famous
0: episodes, but we could do a second one.
1: Yeah. I No, I would even... I meant it more in the context of what is it about South Africa? I mean, I feel like we already know the answer. That makes e-commerce more <laughs> than the rest of us. Uh, It hasn't hasn't worked yet, though. Take a lot is going
0: through some struggles, but it's working relatively more and better than other African countries. Yeah, to be continued.
1: Yeah. At the time of the acquisition in 2017, the CEO, Iran Feinstein, Mm -hmm. said, by merging Pay Through South Africa with Mm -hmm. Paygate and virtual card services, which i will talk about in a second, we will be able to position ourselves as the largest PSP, payment Service provider in Africa serving over 20,000 nice. merchants. Interesting, they were clearly they also had a different, it's very similar to focus on South Africa as well. 2017 virtual card VCS. services VCS, VCS Group, which includes VCS Botswana, Namibia, and South Africa. This one was, was interesting because they acquired the different subsidiaries at different times, and I was like, <laughs> it was kind of red. I was like, all right, cool. This, v- what does VCS do? They also do credits, debit, and smart card processing systems for card issuers on the mm-hmm. issuing side in South Africa. So basically merging that as well with pay get mm. and PayThrough. That's not all, though. There's, there's two more.
0: I, I, <laughs> but, and the funny thing, so those acquisitions S- you mentioned, all of them were happening end of 2016, beginning of 2017, middle of 2017. It's almost yo. like... They approached all the companies simultaneously, and even though it was announced, they had like the M and A team was just like so much fun. Yo, we yeah. have money for you. Yo, you got you got some crack. We have money.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was straight up. It was wow. straight up like they knew they done the research. Correct. They probably had even t- in retrospect. If you think about it, like APS has probably even like evaluated these exactly. acquisitions. Like they would be open to them before yes. the investment. Yes. And it's 2017 SID Secure EFT mm. Instant Electronic Funds Transfer solution in South mm. Africa. DPO at this point they've bought something for large customers, bought something for online payments, bought something for card issuers. Now another one for instant online payments, basically like bank to bank transfers. Electronic and, funds you, transfer and you can see well. at this
0: point they're basically a South African company at this point. Yes, they were founded in Kenya. Yes, all the people were in Kenya, but all the acquisitions were focused on adding more to the product stack and going deeper in South Africa, which made sense because South Africa is one of the biggest markets. And these companies are obviously not that expensive. So sort of makes sense. I was just very curious in the geographic focus of it
1: yeah so in 2019 payfast payfast fast, pay fast payment for service for e-commerce market across the african market, e-commerce companies so they focus on e-commerce details super easy to set up i looked up because i was looking at all these payment companies and i'm like were well, these are all competitors in the market and why would one why would you pick PayFast versus PayThrough through or any of the others or paygate it depends on this concept of having a merchant account or otherwise payfast is focused on e-commerce so super quick to integrate with like a shopify store or whatever. The only ID card details Easier to set up, but slightly more expensive. It's okay. a bit of
0: it's a bit of a trade off. So and the accounts going after the different I see. segments longer to set up, but then you get a bulk discount because of scale. So different, yeah, yeah. The, the, the customers that are using these companies, they bother it's different, different sizes and different needs.
1: Yeah. So they, so they, basically are believing that they can build something that is bigger than the sum of its parts, right? By Picking out efficiencies in processing and in negotiating power with these networks right. as well. Over this, right, the DPO provides services to a hundred thousand merchants across eighteen markets at the time of the PayFast mm-hmm. acquisition. Now they're just focused on merchants and e-commerce stuff. Now we can do all of that, and we can do large enterprises. We can do all of that. They've become. Let me summarize the acquisitions because even now, I don't even <laughs> I don't even know the first <laughs> one anymore. <laughs> yes. So. So Paygate 2016, Paythrough 2017, VCS 2017, Secure EFT 2017, Payfast 2019, and Incredible. all branded. So now DPO has ended up as some kind of yes. conglomerate. DPO Group, DPO South Africa, Paygate, Payfast, SID Instant mm. EFT, and now it's net, now it's now a subsidiary of Network International. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it's a line item in Network International's
0: all the way down. I, I love m stuff. Like all the if, way if down. If someone asks me for some of my life interests, m and will be there. And one thing I learned about Salesforce. Salesforce is extremely, they love M&A, right? You have, you develop an yeah. extremely strong bench. Because what happens is, let's say you're yeah. in this companies of, of talent. talent, so they they bought five companies, right? Which means they have five CEOs. They're not regular employees. They're CEOs were running companies. They had HR reporting to them, people reporting to them, finance, so you get yeah. amazing talent, And you see this comes back in the in the story. C-level talent. C-level talent. And for some of these companies, yeah. they're not new. Some of them are actually on the older side, been operational for a while. I think to think about, what that does to talent. And Salesforce is the best example because they have all these people and yeah, they had some turnover eventually, but it's a potentially good way to think about future executives.
1: And you think of MFS African Bionic, who yes. is now the Correct. CEO, yeah. right? Because you, re- you basically get talent that you couldn't yes. get otherwise. It's yes. actually like the acquire higher thing is under,
0: undervalued when we talk about the yes. acquisition.
1: It's just a company because it's very difficult to understand, but it's very difficult to get him to quit his job or get, even even for APIS, to get Aaron and, Aaron and offer to agree to do this without the investment and to get them to join the group without all yes. that stuff. As employees, versus buying their company and you get some of that, but you also get them as employees yes. to run this sizable yes. business. And if, if you structure it
0: right company. with earnouts, they may actually, yes, I used to run the company. Now I'm no longer the CEO. I'm the SVP, VP, whatever you can set up such that yes. they may actually be financially better off. And some companies, they even re- retain the CEO title. I find it so funny. How do the CEO report to another CEO reports to another CEO? Guys, come on. We all know <laughs> by definition you're not, but it's fine. The good thing about groups is mm-hmm. technically each company is an independent part of the group, so it makes sense. But I find the title stuff to be a, se- yeah. a separate but funny side point. We never saw any, any of the numbers, right? All secret yeah. sizes for the...
1: Oh, I oh, oh, no. Oh, it's not secret. It's public. It's a public company, remember? Network International is yes. a public company. But did we see the numbers for uh, how much um,
0: they bought these companies for, these five companies? Oh, no, yeah, it's, no it's all secret, no. right?
1: It's not your, what, do you, what, what do you want I'm,
0: to I'm, use I'm, it for? I'm curious. I'm curious because they, they got, no, they got no, f- no, 15 not. million. It's super secret. And either option A, all these companies combined were cheaper than 15 million. B, they got some sort of weird debt deal that was unreported, or C, maybe they actually raised more than fifty million. I actually don't know. I just I just think it's interesting
1: to like, how much are these companies worth? Be- because yet- yeah. Cash and shares now. You you have to tell, if you're going to go to buy pay fast, you can't tell them, here's some money, you'll get out of payments. If you're in payments, you think there's something there. Just yes, cash but how
0: much shares. cash now? That, that's the so, same and, thing. We're saying the same shares. thing, but
1: how much cash? I'm still curious. No, not, not that much cash. I don't think the PE guys are going to be giving cash when you've not collected money. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot more shares. Like, nobody's made you're money probably, at this you time, You and I are saying right? the same thing. This is the How much of is still the cash? That's what I still want to know. You're, you're still at answer. No, actually, I th- and I'm saying it will not be a lot of cash. It will be primarily shares, right? But I don't think it will be that much cash. It will be enough cash so that people feel like they made some money, but it, so, it wouldn't so, be so, so, a so payout. So you're thinking every, every, like, every they all have to below go to the is, up, below to is the, office. the
0: yeah, Damn. I think so. I'm so curious. you, you think Appix is going to go and be giving all these people <laughs> okay. exits? Context. Context <laughs> for the audience. Is PE folks have a reputation for being, how do we say this? They're very strict on numbers <laughs> and finances and salaries.
1: Stingy. Stingy, stingy fact, is the word. Stingy fact, is the word. Um, in
0: the 80s in America, they say <laughs> your coffee, your coffee is too expensive. Stingy yeah. is in, the in word. The, in fact, in the 80s in America. PE firms were notorious for just as soon as they buy the company, they'll fire between 80 percent of the staff. Got it. Got it down. Yeah, to just the because just for no just reason. Just, just like so, like yo, just out of principle, we owe, just, we owe the bank billions of dollars in debt, Are your salary is expensive, so you're gone. yeah, dude.
1: They <laughs> were not even yo, doing yo, that. Fam. Just cut them. Just cut That's them off. Love. I have absolutely because if you think think about it with that mindset, like. So Apis was then giving all these companies exits. Of course not. Like, come and sit here with us on this side of the table. When the exit comes, we will all discuss together. And then if we are lucky, we will eat. Otherwise, we will be here together, yeah. having KPI together. There's no need. I'm sure it was mostly like shares and running. on the, Like, mostly shares and like, you juice it up. and give somebody one, two million so they can buy a
0: house or whatever, so, 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 okay. but the rest so, of it. So then fam. the good thing about this conversation is if you are a Nigerian startup, Kenyan, Ugandan, Malian startup, you can think about, even if you haven't raised that much money, you can still acquire other companies. So you don't have to be like, oh, I need to acquire this company for 10 million. Maybe there's some sort of, what Banco is saying, there's a lower amount of money you can offer to them, but then you give them equity in your company. Now, do you want to give up equity in your company? Whatever, whatever. But, but at least it's not only cash, there are other options. There's also debt. We
1: didn't talk about debt, but yeah. debt like- also works. Like the Hiram Health guys, uh, uh, debt without payments, <laughs> debt without revenue. You know that debt requires servicing. You, if you, which of these companies they are talking about can service the debt on their six thousand dollars a year? <laughs> the way it would work in, in, in right? theory, let's not say in practices. The
0: the company that wants to buy the other company would raise venture capital and venture debt simultaneously, and then you use the debt part of your raise for the acquisition. We so don't use the equity for it, and then eventually you service it because you have high revenues and it, yeah. it could work, hey, yeah. but theoretically.
1: If you, you see that high revenue part, <laughs> yeah, that's, that that's high that's revenue part. part. Sure. That's like, <laughs> if you have high revenue, high revenue part is the cocoa. <laughs> that's what, I mean, as a sidebar, that's what a lot of the commentary about Stripe was, which is, oh, why is Stripe raising equity if they're about to IPO? It doesn't seem like a, mm-hmm. it's like, well, everybody know if you have the money you pay for the. you need the money to pay for the debt. For, for right. real. So back to how big, so I was trying to figure out how big is DPO Group, right? Thankfully, DPO Group is part of Network International, which is a publicly listed mm-hmm. company, and they have some financials. It's not very neat because the acquisition is not fully integrated, but I have some some numbers. H one so F full year twenty twenty two versus full year twenty one grew twenty seven percent. Depending on FX, it's it's odd, but that's that's high. It's very high, but it's also I thought it would be higher, but given uh, given that, but I I don't I don't think it's bad. H one TPV to it's $2.1 billion. H1, um, 2.1. For the
0: year, yeah. it's like 4 billion. 1% of 4 billion.
1: But it's probably growing One percent, So is like oh, I 40 that million
0: annualized. 20 million for the no. H1.
1: Uh, revenue. Yeah, revenue, H1 is 15 mm. million. We have this. H1 2022 revenue is 15 million. Yeah, okay, 15 so, million. so then
0: annualized is if like 30. It, um, mm. Yeah,
1: if you, if you assume assuming yeah, mm. roughly. And if you look it up and you compare it to others, they do. If they say the TPV is 2 billion, or let's call it 2 right. billion and a half, and it's 4 billion mm-hmm. a year, 2022, I'm going to compare it to some other companies. Oh, nice.
0: You're right? going to do a yearly TPV comparison. Let's go. I'm excited already.
1: Let me do some comparison to some of the other startups, other payment companies. 2022, when, Uni- when Flutterwave raised their unicorn round, they said they pro- processed $16 billion the previous year. So DPO Barry okay. does in a year okay they're so
0: like, so like a quarter so the size of Flutterwave based on tpv fair
1: okay mm, tpv right money point says it does 14 billion tpv a forget month. about forget about um, so, yeah i, I want to, say it now say it i want I, I, I was i was going to you say what you of want all, to say first, say it if you can I'll say it Say it with my chest first
0: of all money point is T Maps. i'm not digging this new name number two the nature of their business is not directly comparable because of the agency banking angle. Flutterwave is more. Com- Flutterwave has a much more similar business to DPO Group than Temapts, right?
1: Yeah, that's fair. InterSwitch twenty nineteen revenue is one hundred twenty million dollars last. But but that's,
0: but that's revenue. We can't compare it to TPV. So if we do 1%, no,
1: then it's... No, we have the revenue of 15 million now. I'm trying to get... The revenue is 15 million, 30 million. Okay, okay. If, if it's 30 versus 120, 120 so it's like... Oh, interesting. So, so okay,
0: okay, I like it. this. So it's about a quarter the size of Flutterwave and about a quarter the size of InterSwitch. But but they exited at 288. <laughs> if you scale it, it means... <laughs> but, their own, but their own...
1: Don't, don't you means, dare. Means,
0: their own... Are we saying based on... Okay, actually, you know what? Who is
1: we? Who is
0: we? Go, go ahead and finish. I'll Who wait for you we? to finish, then I'll go ahead.
1: Yes, let me finish. What I was going, where, where I was actually pointing out more is these numbers are actually audited, which is important. Important distinction from PR Correct. numbers. These guys Correct. are auditors. So I don't I don't think it's fair to com- compare. InterSwitch numbers are audited too because it's part of their bond. Yeah, bond also InterSwitch is numbers. very similar um, to a publicly traded company. <laughs> InterSwitch is like the government. Fair. <laughs>
0: So fair, are you saying we fair, shouldn't trust fair. Flutterwave's numbers? Um, Say with your chest. Don't be afraid. This is your moment to shine. What are you saying? The audience doesn't understand what you're saying. What are you saying?
1: I have I have, I have, friends there. <laughs> Yo,
0: shout out to Flutterwave, man. Africa is one of Africa's biggest... Uh, Flutterwave people. should be Africa's biggest private companies. My, my, my hat's off to them. I hope, hope they do well.
1: Anyways, so clearly it's it's doing well. It's sizable. Mm. And it's you think about the kind of multiples you can see. So let's call it 30 million... 10x revenue multiple on the sale amount mm-hmm. roughly it's 288 mm-hmm. 15 million maybe it wasn't that the year of the acquisition yeah. maybe like a 10x revenue multiple on the sale is what I'm seeing that's what I was trying to point out from like a metrics perspective and I wonder if you look at this how big you think this rest of the companies are from a revenue perspective and how well or poorly run they are from like a rev- from like a profit perspective but that's just me as a as looking at the data person I'm sure hopefully. Whoever's buying them doesn't yes.
0: care that much. I, I mean, have some supplementary know? numbers oh. to add to your number. 2017 revenue, 6 million to 9 million. 2018 revenue, 10 million to 12 million. Mm-hmm. 2019 revenue, 16 million. They were growing 40-ish percent yeah. Kager. So quite quite high growth. Yeah. But with all the acquisitions, it's hard to even disentangle everything going on. Cause they were buying all those companies. 2016, 2017, 2018. It's like your revenue yeah. scales because it's That's not. Fair. It's the revenue of the acquired company, aka Salesforce Strategy. Yeah, interesting, interesting company. Relatively yeah. high multiple, but when we talk about the exit, you see the Network International <laughs> seem to want them as a complementary yeah. piece of the, the puzzle. So,
1: yeah, they are actually not a big like. Their H one revenue is 15.2 million H one 2022 for DPO Group. In that same time, Network International, the group did 200 Ooh. million dollars. So so it's it's, it's it's not nothing but it's also not game changing for now it's really right. part of network International's broader growth strategy so it's a growth play not so much a it's a story play for network international because now they have a big Africa focus and that's like part of network International's brand Wow um, okay stuff so anyways summarize summarize this section and then we'll go on to product strategy in a second is they grew primarily through acquisitions they have the standard, What has become the standard partnership model for these payment companies? Pioneer, Visa, MasterCard. They raised a lot of money from APIS, took that money, bought a chunk of companies, primarily focused in South Africa, and built that towards an exit. And last numbers on half, $22, $15 million, let's call it $30 million, just over $30 million annual revenue on that one rate. Incredible. Um, And they were able to exit somewhat based on numbers in that ballpark for what looks like. And thanks having for mm. multiple. I'm sure the people that that took the money and listened to this and saying, well, technically, please send me <laughs> send me the deck. I can read anything. <laughs> just if if you want to correct my numbers or my assumptions, please email info com. We love to hear yeah. the stuff. And thank you to everybody who emails yes. us.
0: What a, what a what We're learning in Yeah, what a fascinating company like it, it's one of cuz I like M&A so much. I would just have loved to have been in some of the conversations around here's all the potential targets. The conversations, what do we offer them? And then the integration process. It's
1: APIS. It's funny. It's APIS. I would love to work. It's of APS course. APS that I, who, do think, who do you think I'm talking about? It's APIS is that's that doing all to these things now.
0: Do you think, Aaron? <laughs> oh, you know what to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're a team. They're a team.
0: They work together collaboratively. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll, talk about, I'll talk about the product strategy, monetization strategy. Product side. This would be relatively short because the way the product works is the way you would expect the product to work. They're an API company. If you are merchants, you integrate with them, and then you can now collect payments from a wider variety of sources. Also, depending on the company, because they're a group now, so you heard about Bankoli, they offer a wider variety of things. They're virtual cars, there's something on the issuance side. Just think about them as a platform that enables everyone to collect money faster. And even though they say they're quote-unquote African, it's very, very clear they're actually primarily South African and then East Africa. So they're not as broadly used across Africa as you would think, obviously not North Africa at all. Mostly east and south. I will spend a little bit of time on their D to C strategy, which I thought was.
1: I will say, I will say on something. I will say that they will say bullshit ah, to of that. Course the way, it. Of course, they would say. It. Technic- of course, they would say. Technic, technically, it works, right? I can integrate and it and talking about, I'm talking about actual works. market
0: share. So, of course, they're everywhere, but like no, no one in Egypt. Ah, okay. their the, the, the market share in Egypt is probably less than three mm-hmm. percent. The market share in Nigeria is probably less than five percent. Of course, they're they're there, but we're talking about it's like a well, what was the, the example we should give like. Samsung phones selling in Japan. Yeah, Samsung is in Japan, but they don't want that shit. They don't want Korean shit. So, okay, coming back on topic. They have a few products I'll spend some time on because I think they're interesting. Their payments app, their virtual card, physical card, and then they actually have something called DPO stores. When I say DPO stores, it's not like CUDA bank customer service store. It's like... Flutterwave store, paystack store. It's enabling merchants have an e-commerce present online so they collect payments. That's the store. They also have a payments app, yeah. which I thought was fascinating. It seems they're now trying to do something more D2C, more direct, and it's big. Just think about it like every other payments app. You can use it to pay for different things. We're not even gonna spend a lot of time on it. Pay for utilities, send money to another person, whatever, whatever. Probably not in Kenya, less likely to work because of Safaricom, but maybe makes sense in other markets they're in. Virtual card, Virtual cards to me are always very interesting. They're becoming less of a less important now. But at some point, if you were in Kenya or Nigeria or Egypt, you couldn't use your local debit card to pay for Netflix, Spotify, eBay. So you have a virtual card. But but now it's getting easier and easier. You know what's yes, funny about
1: that? I, and I've found a use case for virtual cards. Like my CUDA Bank account has a physical mm-hmm. card. Yes. And a virtual card, which I lost. I proceeded to lose mm-hmm. the physical card in Lagos. But I was able to block it in the app and whenever I would need to buy stuff online like on Jumia Food I could just use yes. the virtual card because I didn't want to leave the physical card open. So I, I just find that, I that, that the use case the old use case the yes. use cases have changed. The old use case was pretty much about like getting a virtual yes. dollar card to buy people yes. Spotify but I feel like now it's because most of the transactions are electronic you actually don't even need a physical card and that virtual card allows you to very quickly cancel and reissue yes new cards when needed as much as possible. I thought that's actually like a use case that I thought will grow that's more and more because now I would rather have a virtual and that's card, a great use honest.
0: case. One thing I don't know maybe it's a Kuda bank specific issue is it has higher failure rates. My actual physical on yeah, the virtual card. I was like, what yeah. the hell? So there, the, that's there's there's some that's weird it. I don't know to shit on Kuda or to shit on virtual. There's something weird where it, it, it fails more frequently. But uh, anyway, yeah. so.
1: Dude, it's not it's not GT Bank. GT Bank was not <laughs> logging in for days this time. Like I don't know why I still have GT Bank. I don't know. Shout it's definitely at this point an abusive relationship. It's yeah. terrible. No, no, no. Shout out to GT Bank. There are memes on like the internet, Instagram, of people dressing up to go wow. and fight the CEO of GT Bank. It's <laughs> actually wild. Like how can you have a banking service that you cannot log into the, the app?
0: The reason I, I like GT Bank is. It's a good backup to CUDA bank. They have so many branches. I know if anything happens with CUDA, I can just go to GTB across the street. I don't know, maybe it's cause of where my hotel is, but they have the highest density of banks and ATMs close to me. So that's an advantage, just as a backup. Obviously not as the main bank, God forbid. GTB, please. Their debit card is 1,200. I've suffered.
1: The evil, okay. the evil they have so done.
0: Anyway, they, they have some DDC products now. They have a payments app. They have a virtual card and they have a physical card. I already spoke about the stores before. I like the idea of stores because if you are merchants and let's say you sell plastic bottles and you live in Kenya, way easier to use the DPO store to create a virtual app than to go and make a, a website with Shopify. However, I will say, Social commerce is probably faster. <laughs> it's probably faster to just use Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. But it's a close second. And then the website is the worst and last. So it's not as relevant because I think most people just prefer to use Instagram. But at least it's something. And it has more features yeah. because a proper e-commerce site will offer you more features than some social media sites, which are more generalized. But anyway, Bankoli, any thoughts on their products Why keep going?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I like the stores thing. I, I don't know how successful it's been because it's very... It's clear they're trying to generate... Correct, of course. That, that, that's the um, whole strategy. ...by meeting yeah. people very early yeah. in their workflow. But I don't know if it's worked because it's, it's like, can they get distribution faster than the big social media companies yeah. can Can build up a store? Yeah, I, I, I don't it. know.
0: Like, it's easy to use, but if the merchant if the person's already using Facebook and Instagram, that just seems faster. Anyway, some licensing stuff, i would talk about their product. They got a, an official PSP license from the government. Of kenya in 2022 august and that basically enables mm-hmm. them to offer a wide variety of financial features we're not going to talk about it but think about cards transfers remittances all that shit next i'm going to talk about monetization so Banco quiz time my favorite time apart from Tell me. travel and airlines what other industries you can pick either industries or customers do you think they're big in you have to guess
1: I think that because of the acquisitions, it's going to be hard because it would just be like one of those people. E-commerce, is it? Because I, I saw the take a yes. lot of the public and, and, and then one, kind of one more? Through one of one more? Any any sector
0: or a company um, that they're big in? I can't think of. Okay, think,
1: I can't you, think. you said it before,
0: oh. but you forgot betting. So, so, betting. Yeah, so oh, the, yeah. the big customers, Betway, Uber, Airtel, Take a lot, DHL. They have a bunch of different customers. In terms of indus- industries, obviously travel we spoke about, e-commerce, telecoms and education, which was so sort of surprising. And then how do they make money? Standard, this is like a 30-second thing. They get, get between 05 and 1% of the TPV. They basically charge a percentage a take rate for all the transactions that are going through their, their platform. And yeah, I spoke about the revenues before we have the TPV. Overall, it's fine. I'll just spend a little bit of time of talking about the different geos. We actually have information on the different geos they're in and how their revenue is split. Mm-hmm. So let's go into it. Yeah, oh, so DPO, not revenue split, their market share in each country. I mean, I misspoke. Okay, oh, so okay. DPO's market share in South Africa, PSP market share, because they're different layers of the stack, 30 to 35%. After all those acquisitions, quite, quite oh. dominant. In Kenya, 25 to 35%. And then other countries, they do have some Tanzania stats, but it's not of the full denominator. It's only of the tourism sector. They have 50% of the tourism sector. And they have 5% of the e-commerce sector. But the fact they didn't put the overall percentage means it's probably quite low. Very Kenya and South Africa business. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. about that. I'm not surprised. About yeah, that. It makes
0: sense. so so the, the,
1: that is it. I wonder, like, the, the other competitors in, in in South Africa don't didn't do that. Like, I don't know why PayU didn't do that first, but somebody will email me and tell me, yeah. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, Let's talk about oh, oh, competition. But one, one more right thought now. before we go to competition. Wait. It's almost listening mm-hmm. to this episode, discussing this episode with you makes me think about what other opportunities are there for someone to do an M&A rollup? And by that, I mean sectors, companies where, cause I mean, it's literally $15 million. Like it's, cause the reason why M&A rollups are always seems so bad is there's so much money at stake. But if we believe what you said before, where you can yeah. sweet talk them, you don't give them that much money, you give them a little bit of money and equity, it almost broadens the possibilities yeah. for potential M&A rollups. But I still think you probably need a little bit more than 15, cause this is, this is pre-hype, this is pre-exit. But it just seems so fascinating to me. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that.
1: This is pre everything is fintech. I, I also think I think it's unique to fintech though. I think the benefits of consolidation are very clear for fintech than they are even even in industries where it's clear it's not as compelling. I'll give you the one that comes to mind is Helium Health did a merger with another EMR company. Remember, we talked about it mm. in the episode. It's, it's not as compelling that it's necessarily a better product or a better thing because it's like your sales motion yes. can be better and the products can, you know. Yeah, maybe it doesn't different fit for different like FinTech. Segments, FinTech and is and just not
0: get the volumes. It's like a scale game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You you don't get the scale. So it's almost that. Like, what are the sectors? Maybe none, you know? Yeah. What are the sectors of FinTech, even just women processing? Not yeah. even just like. Like, should Cash merge with. A <laughs> <or other laughs> payment, payment. Uh, probably not, right? I thought you were going to say Cuda um, Bank. has a. Uh, no, Coda Bank is an actual <laughs> bank. That's an important <laughs> distinction. Maybe you should keep going to avoid <laughs> issues. <laughs> let's keep <in> the competition. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <To> avoid... <laughs> All right, let's talk about competition. Right. The way I thought about competition is again, as I always do, try to think through what do people use instead of using DPO groups products. The line is a bit blurred, but I but I think there's two groups of things that people will do, right? One is with payments, they're frenemies partners, competitors, depending on context. We talk about this in the episode of MFS Africa as well. There's other payment processors, right? There's Yoko, Peach, Payflex, Paystack, Flutterwave, that sort of tip and watch do what they do. Go to their website, they run some APIs, put it on your website, collect payment Standard. method, pass it onto a switch and process right. and get some cuts. The other thing that is interesting is this concept of closed payment methods as just an emerging set of competitors. That would be things like PayPal, where I keep money in my PayPal wallet, I use it to buy stuff online. And all of that is within PayPal. They don't see any of that. Buy now, pay later solutions, those tend to use proprietary mm. rails to handle that you don't have to make the economics work. There's a bunch of QR code payment solutions as well. And I thought, I don't know if you have an opinion on like closed payment systems in Africa. Like, like so that would be like cheaper cash, where the primary mode of transaction or the primary purpose, yes, you can send from cheaper to a bank and vice versa. But the purpose of transaction is to keep it within the app. Like Kuda Bank, I would say, I don't feel like the purpose is to have me sent to only Kuda customers, even though it's efficient for And cheaper for f- the transfer. What do you it's, think? It's in-
0: internal transfer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you think about the closed payment methods? And like, do you have a, are you bullish or bearish on close payment methods? In I, I like
0: it from a margin perspective because inevitably the fintech sector is all about like different partners, different layers of the stack and everyone's taking a cut. So just by definition, if you close part of the loop, you keep some of the margin for yourself because you don't have to transact back and forth. It makes sense. However, from a UX user experience perspective, you don't want to overdo it, so that the user feels Mm -hmm. trapped. Like I remember two years ago, one of my friends, he was trying to send me something, I saw his phone. This dude had like $2,000 on PayPal. I'm like, what the fuck? You're keeping money on PayPal, 0% interest. So so I I feel like, but then he told me, there was something about the UX that made him think it was a good idea. There's some weird consumer trust, consumer benefit where, I don't know, it sort of robs me the wrong way. But anyway, at a high level, I like it. It sort of makes sense. But you have to do it in such a way that the customer feels like they're benefiting. And it actually has some improvement for them, not just for you. But but I I like it. But it's it's not always feasible in every business.
1: Interesting. On scientific, to me, it feels like it hasn't quite caught on. Oh, it it definitely. Again, been in Nigeria for two weeks. It definitely hasn't caught on. I have heard about it, like, there's a bunch of, there's a better way to of send course. money. In Nigeria, so context, in Nigeria now, there's a shortage of notes. <laughs> yeah, of long story. And Nigeria is switching from old currency yeah. to new currency. The old notes are no longer legal right. tender. Legal tender, depending right. on who you ask or when yeah, you they ask. They keep them, on changing you
0: know, the rules whatever. all the time. The new ones legal have new colors, but they look the same. Can change the rules all the time. a
1: joke. The old notes, yeah, the old notes are legal. So nobody wants to take the old notes. People want to get rid of the old notes. And you cannot find new notes right. to have, right? And nobody already only wants to take new notes. People don't right. even spend new notes. Because you want to keep them because you can't get other new notes right. to replace the notes. Now that's a perfect opportunity for digital payments, and I'm sure nibs would have seen an increase. But what has happened in practice is lots of payment failures. Like you just sit there in front of the shops, the transaction yes. doesn't go through, send transaction twice. The people that owe me money in Lagos, <laughs> I would not call them in this podcast. I'll give them two more weeks. Next week, the people that I transfer money to that will tell me they are sending it back, right. uh bank. GT Bank is owing me thirty thousand wow. naira that they deposit that they removed. They debited debited my account twice. You. They've not. They are keeping quiet. <laughs> yo, but I'm really, not for them. I, I tried to
0: pay with my card failed. Tried again with my card failed. and then I sent a transfer. When I went back to my room, everything went through. What the? Everything went through. Three x. Everything went through. I want to rant, but let's stay on topic. Let's just say I'm not happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a perfect opportunity for a closed payment system, right? Like cheaper cash is a better yes. solution for that, right? Like now, the mo- the what I when people ask about peer-to-peer payments in in. In Nigeria, which I'm most familiar with, is Africa is a different story. Kenya is different. It's very yeah, simple so far ways to now. do that. In Nigeria it feels very. It feels very complicated because you get like, what account number, what bank. This is this is conversation every time. Oh, make I do transfer. Oh, what which bank? UBA account number four two forty right. 45. You put it in and then you wait three seconds for the for the name right. to resolve. For the new right. bank to resolve, and they send a transaction, and depending on the on the app you use, if you are if you use something like GT Bank, <laughs> you might require <laughs> might require a pin code <laughs> or a token or something, or you use a fingerprint. If you use something that's much more responsive, any of the newer banking apps or whatever have that, and I just feel that I, if I could convince somebody to take cheaper cash, it'd be yeah. way easier. So so
0: bank only, it's happening, app, it's happening. I went to we'll the market a few times on this trip, and. People actually use Ope more than I thought they would, because apparently o- Ope has for peer to, to peer, yeah, to yeah, Ope to Ope. And then I, I realized yeah. something amazing. Yeah. The guy was like, "Oh no, no," because I don't have an Ope account. So I was telling him how do we? He said I could send money from my GTB app to Opay. and sure enough, I went to the app, and there was Ope yeah. limited as a. So, yeah, so I can. was like, "Wait, I can send money." For-
1: as, a, as an M- as an M- as exactly, an as money point. So like so it's it's happening.
0: The only problem is it's hard for it to make sense because everyone wants their money in their bank accounts. The problem with closed-loop systems is it doesn't land in your bank accounts. It's with a third-party company. It's, there's a weird cultural thing of like, I can't imagine Nigerians saying they have a lot of money on their OP accounts. They want it in their bank accounts. So it could work, but it's, it's gonna be a little bit slower.
1: No, but just, just make it a bank. Like yes. OP is a bank, then that's, yes, you yes. know what I'm saying? But in order
0: to, to, to be, to be a bank, a bank. Then you have to get a license. Not everyone wants to get a license. You have to pay, the licenses aren't cheap. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I'm saying, but yes, OPA OP is... is so maybe yes. that's why it works. But it, cheaper it cash isn't. isn't. Anyways, that's, not my, that's <laughs> not my business. If you want to get the um, license,
0: email <laughs> bankroll.com. We'll give you advice on how to get the license.
1: Yeah. But, but I was very curious about close payment methods, especially as it relates to competitors, competition from, from SML payment processors because the vast majority of people are not transacting yet. So it's not even stealing share from payment processors I'm worried about. It's that there are more and more people coming online. There are more people that are not huh. online that are online. There are more people that are not transacting digitally that are good transacting digitally for the bullet. first time. Momo, as part of this, as part of the stats. Like that, right? so it's going to be let me tell you about...
0: something interesting I found to support your point. E-commerce penetration in South Africa is 0.6%. I thought maybe there was some digit there was some digit missing. E-commerce <laughs> penetration in Kenya is yeah. 0.3%. Tanzania, like, it's like less than when they can't put too many zeros in the slide. So you're you're right. And and yeah, that, and yeah, that's yeah. even e-commerce in South Africa, where there's already a primary company, take a lot that's been around for so many years. Everything is so early in this game. Yeah.
1: Yeah digital digital could evolve to closed payments i think that's a summary i hope not the way, the way for us i was very surprised that digital evolved away from card-based payments in nigeria like now card-based payments are a good option but i they're not they're definitely not going as fast as just for, for, for sure bank transfer payments that's like that's for crazy sure I, I, I just hope crazy if it does volumes.
0: become a thing they should give interest rates to make it to the benefit of the user that's also surprised at my paypal story this dude is collecting zero percent. Like, th- there's no concept. Maybe it's changed. Now. I don't think it's changed because I have a PayPal account. There's no concept of interest on it your PayPal changed. balance. I don't understand. Changed. I can understand if they say 0.0 to some, but it, it's, the the UX doesn't even support an interest rate. But it's my money. <laughs> I don't understand. What? Are you joking? How can I keep a dollar with you for zero? Do I look stupid? Anyway, no. I'm ranting. Let's come back on top. I just, I find it interesting yeah. that a closed loop system would have the balls so and not offer you any interest. What's the point? What, what am I benefiting? I'm benefiting the fact I can more quickly transact,
1: but I need, <laughs> I'd rather have interest than that. Anyway. Mm. So. Anyway, so there's a lot of competition for payment processing, but also close payment methods. It's just interesting and it was a good conversation. I like that conversation. I learned a lot. Cool. Should we talk about the yes,
0: exit? Yes, yes. The exit to our friend's network international. I think I'll give some context on Network International. I'll just call them NI for the purposes of this. It has been primarily yeah. focused on the Middle
1: East. They were actually in Africa, but they've been focused on like issuing side yes. of the payment workflow. So they're helping banks with yes. payments. They work with First Bank, Zenith, Standard Bank. I'm looking for GT Bank there. Yeah. <laughs> GT Bank. <laughs> they work with a bunch of the banks. Yeah,
0: I'll talk a little bit more about NI while we're on this because so they have four reasons why they said they did the deal. So market access and consolidation. DPO is only focused on Africa. DPO is 100% in Africa. Network International, apparently, Africa was 27% of their revenue. So they're in it, but they could go even deeper. And their key markets were Egypt, Kenya, and South Africa. But DPO's key markets were South Africa, Kenya, and Tanzania. Yeah. So both of them focus on South Africa, but then Network International gets more access to Kenya and Tanzania that they were not in the new markets, and they go even bigger in Africa yeah. because it was only twenty-seven percent. DPO is fully focused. Second thing is value chain coverage. The network, I just NI NI, okay. NI was focused on issuer solutions for banks. DPO was focused on focused yeah. on merchants acceptance. There's some nice synergy where one is helping the banks, those helping the merchants, different part of the value chain of fintech. Another part of the deal was,
1: yeah, much more balanced. Sorry, how they describe it is much more balanced mix from, for their business on the acquirer side versus just the issuer side, which is where they, Yes, yes.
0: Um, And then customers, Network International had like 140 financial institutions, fancy name for banks, but then DPU had 47,000 merchants, sort of the same thing. Based on the part of the value chain they're in, they had different types of customers. Now they have a broader set of customers. And then capabilities. It turned out that Network International was focused on POS sales and doing white label payment gateways for banks. But DPO was focused on e-commerce, mobile money, and other forms of payments. So there's some nice synergy because now they offer more, more products the exactly, on, the, on the acquirer side. And then the Africa growth was 20-ish percent for Network International, but 40 plus percent for DPO. A bunch of different things. Overall, this will enable them cross-sell more products, have more growth, and then get deeper in Africa, which was a, an early emerging market. Yeah. So now we'll talk about the actual deal. So. 288 million dollars. I got some information from a banker that's very, very useful. It had two different segments, 225 million dollars in cash, and then 63 million dollars in it.
1: <sighs> Smell it. <laughs> and then, ah, Bank And then, and
0: then 63 million dollars in NI equity. The 63 million dollars in NI equity means after the deal was completed, the founders would now have an ownership stake in NI to incentivize them, incentivize them to stay on longer. And then APIS partners also have equity stake in NI. So the equity stake was 50 for APIS partners and then 13 for the founders. Mm-hmm. Obviously much more for, for APIS partners yeah. because they have, they have a, a bigger stake. And then the remaining, the cash balance, the 225 million would probably be split proportionally by all the equity holders. But in this case, because they were bootstrap for so long, when we saw the equity holders, it's probably just employees and execs of DPO group and APIS partners, potentially a lot of money for APIS.
1: I don't know. You think they were giving out equity in 2009? Ah, oh know. yeah. In,
0: interviews with, with the founder said he was at the forefront of giving equity to some of his employees. But when they say that, maybe 0. Uh, 0.005%, 0.01%. Baba, so I'll take what I can get.
1: Even that one is better. <laughs> I do you understand? What else are they giving? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Bakul Bar- Bar-
0: and I were doing some quick back of the envelope math for the $225 million of the deal. We don't know how much APIS partner owned, but if we say they own between 50 and 80%, so 50% of $225 million, that's 100 something million. 80% is 180-something million. So potentially IPIS partners could have made made up between 100 and 240 million from the whole deal. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. They might
1: have they might have put in they might have also have put in more money unannounced if you think about it. Why do you need to announce fundraising if you own 50% of the company and you're Correct. putting more money in your business, right? That, that, like why that, do you need to announce That's why it goes back to what we're saying, like
0: how did they structure those deals? Yeah, maybe there were things that were there. So who knows? But overall, um,
1: so, yeah, because I've where where do you own 50% of the company? Why are you announcing it's, it's, fundraising for yourself? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, the point of announcing probably put in yeah, more money yeah. as well? But even then, regardless, the returns are yeah,
0: crazy. A- astronomical. Also in the short amount of time, because it sounds like it was long and it wasn't long. I think the DPO investment was either 2015, 2016, right? And this exit was 2020. So it's four yeah. to five years, very quick. Considering incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Hot. okay, so, so that, is, that is the deal incredible. I'll talk a little bit about what I think are the implications yeah. of the Africa tech ecosystem. In a way, this is more similar to the SendWave exit than the paystack exit. And by that, I mean, listen to our episode about SendWave. SendWave exit was incredible, it was $500 million. But if you look at the impact on the ecosystem, it was sort of muted because almost all the founders, exec team investors were not from Africa. They were international because the Wave founders were Americans, the Wave team, they were YC company, YC had a stake. It, just, it, it was a great exit, but African ecosystem didn't feel it as much. This is probably along the same line as that, that yes, it was a massive exit, 288 million, but Apis partners, they're British people, right? And the founder is from Israel. I'm still very happy about it because obviously they had a lot of Kenyan employees. In fact, the CEO specifically said he tried to, he initially mm-hmm, tried mm-hmm. to get Kenyan tech like product managers, software engineers, impossible. But over time, they've been hiring local teams mm. and training them so the Kenyan people can actually benefit. So muted ecosystem impact, but I'm still very happy about it because it's positive for the continent. But I can understand how foreign founders, foreign investors, foreign acquire everything is foreign, right? NI is Middle East, APRs is English. I understand why some people are not so satisfied with this. So minimal, not minimal, I would say average impact on the ecosystem, but it's unfair to compare it to Paystack. Paystack was just like a one in a... It's like a lifetime-changing thing. So, okay, impact, but happy for the team, but muted impact on the ecosystem. I don't know if you have a different perspective.
1: Yeah, people are still investing their piece. people. Are, people are still investing their <laughs> tag. Check. Yeah. Should uh, I summarize? Yeah. or Do you have any thoughts? No, I, 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 think it's. It's. I am. I'm more positive. I guess from like a capital recycling perspective, I see why you say muted impact because capital is unlikely to get recycled. Unlikely. In the <laughs> Almost impossible. But I do.
0: Uh,
1: you know. I know. I do, I do like the, man, you can you can sell it. There's a bunch of people that want this stuff that you're we're building here. I'll talk about this again more. It's like, is it just a fintech thing or is it mm. more broad than that? Or mm. is it just payments companies? Like, is there anything to be learned from this stuff and paystack stuff is not build startup, is build <laughs> payment startup. And I think that's, I actually think that's pro- probably where, where we end up is the right lesson is not build a startup and try to sell it is build a payment startup and maybe you well. can exit. But well, every other thing, just make sure you're building it profitably because you're building wow. it for yourself, wow. you not know, your kids.
0: If you follow the growth trajectory of India Tech and LADAM Tech, Bankly is sort of right, but not entirely right. There are other Indian companies that are big than are not Fintech, if you look at the trajectory. But most of them
1: were initially. No, I'm not saying that big, big. <laughs> from, exactly, exactly. So you better be big and be profitable. Right, that's what I mean. Man. Big is not the. Of okay, course, you yeah. can go big. Anybody with okay. capital, ah, uh-uh, we work okay. was not big. Anybody can be mm. big, right? Terrible example. Actually, I actually don't mean to compare African startups mm. to workers. Lazy example, but I will say that it's, it's. Is it a fintech specific phenomenon, or is it more an Africa tech phenomenon? I think people like to think people really want it to be an Africa Africa tech phenomenon, but maybe it's just a payments processing phenomenon. Forget even fintech. Maybe just payments processing phenomenon. Not even fintech. And that's a very controversial. Yeah, no,
0: idea. very, very yeah. controversial. I mean, the biggest Indian tech companies buy Jews and they're not even payments, they're not even fintech. And there are a lot of examples. If you look at the top, the top 15 don't even, India...
1: Don't even Google, don't even Google buy Jews. Don't, don't, right don't. Now, no, no, so we're not going yeah, to well, okay. comment uh, look, on look, it.
0: This is the episode. Okay, let me summarize and then... There we go. So I'm, I'm going to summarize the m a chapter. So a, a few things to note yeah. before I summarize. m a deals typically have earnouts for key employees, obviously. And... Earnouts are also called contingent consideration. It basically means when you hit certain milestones, you'll get your, your money. The reason I bring this up mm-hmm. is in 2022 August, Aaron announced he was retiring. And that was literally exactly two years after the deal went through, implying that behind the scenes, his million stake in NI was based on some milestone that he had to hit in two years. So I'm very, very happy for him. And let me just I'm going to read a quote of what he said on his re- retirement. So 2022 August, Aaron, our superhero founder from Israel, here's what he said. "Quote: I am proud to have played my part in developing the next wave of African talent. It's been an incredible journey, from the two <laughs> to to. from the two man startup in 2006, to leading digital payments and the success story that DPO is today. Having helped build the team that leads the company now, I know I couldn't believe in it in better hands." End quote. So fascinating story. I need to. Email my man me. collected all his money with the earnouts. He's retiring. 2006 to 2022. It's a great story. Great years story. 16 great. years of being the CEO, what a what an unbelievable story. Yeah, the summary for, for the M&A part is, Network International really wanted to buy them because they gave them more customers, different part of the stack, more focus on Africa. They did the deal, massive payout for our friends, Apis partner, also really good exit for the CEO, considering he retired afterwards. Overall, a great story, even though the impact on the ecosystem was a little bit muted. That's the summary of the M&A section. Should we close?
1: Ready to close? Hmm. That's a fantastic story. Yeah, yeah let's close. I can even go first because it's in context, okay. top of mind. A couple of parts of my summary. One is the founder story. One is PE versus VC. And another is FinTech and Payments. On the founder, it's like a super long burn. I love a long burn founder story. I also love, I am partial to, my bias is positive where founders don't set up to do startup. They set up right. to do business and then they have a positive outcome. It didn't like, oh, it, I have did, this you, idea wanna, call to the stripe of Africa or something. Do want
0: to call out names of who's doing startups?
1: Let's back <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if you, if I come to see you see it. <laughs> um, I do love the long burn founder yeah. story it seemed like it was profitable for a number of years in its own for sure. metrics and it was just building and running a business that was profitable and calling like, to like some affordability. Cost. Affrability, Affrability it's is very positive with... language <laughs> the
0: record we're net positive <laughs> uh, you
1: know, it's not positive help help us it's not positive just <laughs> you put Put hundred dollar inside
0: envelope. Send it to Chipper Cash at Afrobility. Don't send it for nobody. Anyways. Yo, oh, oh, no, no. What we're on. This, <laughs> it's a long dude. I was on Telegram yeah. and some SOB took Afrobility. Best believe we're gonna be for the dude who took our account, best believe we're gonna be getting that account. I'm gonna be emailing Telegram. What the hell yeah. were you thinking? At Afrobility, I saw some guys' picture. Dude, you, you, you didn't you didn't act right with that. Anyway, sorry, back on topic. But I don't I don't like what you did. I you know what you did.
1: It is. We the story of the founders and the building business, I love. I'm very partial to it. Like, we're trying to build a business, not build a startup. And I think there's an important distinction here. And I love that they, they, they try to build a business. And I'm glad they, they got the exit from it. Second thing on the founder story is, is this just how long it takes? Like, this is a long... Like, you have to like what you're doing to be there this long, You can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, like, it felt to me like it could ostensibly run it without a and then retire and still be fulfilled and successful. Very like great final story. Like I'm I'm super like enamored. Like enamored. Like just positive outcomes took his the the expression you have is you play football when I play football as a kid. Is that like you play football and when you're done you take your ball <laughs> and go home. And when the person with the ball is going home, that's the end of the game for everybody. But it's like play the game and when it was done on his own terms, left, it's going funny. home with his ball. Like you guys are here Congratulations to all involved. Network International. Have a blast. I wish you guys the best. I yeah, am out. I, I love it. I, I, the um, earnout
0: period was way shorter than I would have expected. I would have thought maybe three or four years, but fine. Uh-uh. Two years is like fine.
1: Uh-uh. Is it cult? Is it cult? Two years is more than enough. Is it cult? It, it's it's uh, atypical. It's atypical, but fine. Uh, oh, please. Second is, I think... Will we see more P.E. investing? as on a P.E. versus V.C. angle. Will we see more P.E. investing? It's an it's, inside it's,
0: joke in Africa tech like that all P.E. Or firms
1: are V.C. firms. <laughs> shout out to Helios. <laughs> V.C. firms. <laughs> Yo, yeah. shout out to Helios. Yeah. Do this. But, but it's like, will we see more P.E. firms investing? But second, could a V.C. firm even have done this? Because V.C. firms tend to do, as, typically, by definition, a spray and pray approach. The amount of detail it would take to be like... These are the synergies. that like, can VC firms do that? Can VC firms mm-hmm. have this outcome?
0: It's against the entire VC. ethos yeah, but they found of VC to, to take over a company. Like we don't know, but if these guys own eighty percent of a company, a VC firm that owns eighty percent of a company is a very strange VC firm. It's it's against the entire mentality. Yeah. At that point, you might as well be the CEO. Why, why yeah. is there a CEO? Me, I own eighty percent of the company. Yeah. You're telling me you're going to buy, pay fast. You better, you better no no g- 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 get in a car and come <laughs> to my office. So they can do it, but it's it's very no, strange. No, but
1: yeah, it's not even just the ownership is i think it's the rigor actually VC I, think it's the the rigor. Rigor. I think it's to have an opinion uh, it's the ownership let me, let now let me finish you are you are cutting me, you okay. are cutting me off it's not just the ownership i'm not saying it's not the ownership i think that there's a there's a strong opinion about how the market should evolve VC in the short term that. that vc firms tend not they to do. have st- they do Bankoli. it depends what kind of some vc
0: from a16z bank. literally the crypto team They've envisioned the entire future of they know more about the future of crypto than the founders. It, you're talking about it depends on which VC firm. So some actually have a very strong opinion no, on no, the way no. the market is involved. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The the median the median VC firm. The median VC firm. Maybe, maybe ACZ is terrible The median VC firm does not have strong opinions because it will not spend that much time. The median VC firm is generalist and more like find a good deal and invest in <laughs> and invest in okay. Runway ML. Okay. And 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 it's less, it's less this like we will do X, Y, Z. Like I'm sure QED of has course. a thesis, right? Like, yeah. FinTech investors, I'm sure they have it. I'm sure they have a, an opinion on how to make can evolve. QED is not the median right. VC firm, right? It's, it's not fair. I'm talking about the industry and the median VC f- fund and that amount of vigor, on a per investment, per industry basis versus that you're just not going to be able fine. to if a small... I I, I, I talk front. for all VC firms um, when
0: I say we're not offended, but we're going to email you. Email banklay.forbilly.com. Don't send me any emails. Oh,
1: please. Oh, please. That's fine. <laughs> That's what <laughs> That's drunk okay. mail is Do for. What <laughs> Do what you want. Gmail has <laughs> um, drunk. I'm on market. the... I'm on the... On the I'm, I'm, I'm really partial to P. So anyways, I love the the P thing. It seems capital is capital. And then you start to think, man, if you're building a startup are you not know, you're accepting capital, and I don't know that many people are thinking about their path to liquidity for your investors, right? Because this is taking, this took 16 years, but it was maybe six years from investment, Correct. if you think about it. Maybe 16 years, fun and games for Aaron <laughs> and his friends, and, and five years from investment, yeah. right? Paystack is five years from investment. You have to find a, a way to count it. Same so with like,
0: Do you want to count InterSwitch as 2002? <laughs> or do you want to count the Visa billion-dollar investment? Or do you want to count Helios in the 90s? You no,
1: 2010,
0: I won't, you okay. have to count videos. Yeah. 2010. So, so, so like, the banks yeah, didn't invest, the banks didn't
1: invest. No, the banks. investing, <laughs> the banks, the, bank, the investor is why their their this thing is terrible. <laughs> Funny. Uh, and then the corollary ends up is, is there like a short window and do you end up in this, like, it, it's almost that. Like, would would it be better to do the deal now? Probably not. I'm sure in this economy, and NNN yes, will be yes, as acquisitive. You wouldn't, wouldn't want to do it now, no, or they'll pay way less. All of that stuff. It was like a... It was a good window. It was a good window so to do the deal, so if you shit. think about it. it. was one of those. So therefore, is it like an a special situation? Like we would never see anything like this again. Very <laughs> controversial. Interesting. Final piece is on fintech and payments. And I was thinking, I'm going, what is it about fintech versus agriculture? And it's like, oh fintech is no no no. no. We have to like what is it about fintech? And put for rigor and push for a rigorous mm. answer. And it's like Africa's problems, and this is where we ended up, it's like Africa's problems tend to be very interconnected and require like moving physical atoms, right? Payments and money is actually make-believe if you take a step back. It's actually like m- myths that humans tell themselves, like money and me sending money and leisure. And in a make-believe world, it's easy to believe make-believe cars <laughs> and make-believe mansions and make-believe SUVs and make-believe... Like, if you already define a make-believe world, you can yeah. build make-believe things. <laughs> like every other problem Shout is not make believe <laughs> Oh, <of> this topic. <laughs> you can't talk about make-believe
0: yeah. you can't talking about FTX. Yeah. The all the kings of make-believe.
1: Yeah. Money is a money is a, is a myth in like a very Correct. pure sense. And therefore the problems around moving it around and solving it around are very like digital and and that. And it's honestly unlike anything else. And you can have that as a bookcase for fintech. Or a beer case for everything else, <laughs> but every other problem like agriculture healthcare is actually real outcomes. Like it's actually real outcomes. Sometimes without recourse, lots of one-way doors for right. each of these businesses. You you have to get yes. it right the first time. Healthcare, Correct. you got to get it right. Agriculture, you lose the whole farming season. You you ruin the, pl- yeah. the crop. But fintech is kind of like no. I mean, G T Bank is going. They're going to G T Bank is going to take my money. They might <laughs> not know it yet. <laughs> but but you know, it's, it's, it's funny, my funny money. you say this. Right.
0: If you look at the biggest tech companies in the world most of them are not fintechs. It's just a strange, it's a strange place to be because in developing markets, those companies that are not fintechs, they've already covered the rest of the market, which means in a developing market, you tend to have what you're saying be more correct. It's just like funny from a high level, like Google, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, they're not fintech companies, but they're bigger than other companies, but then they're global. They've already covered the market in those countries. It leaves a smaller gap to do the same. You can't be be Google scale size in Nigeria because Google is already in Nigeria. I use Google Maps every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just even think about it it's Africa Tech. Like, what is it? Is it, to we all just squint no, and we do payments not. from like an economic no, returns perspective? Not. Right? I mean, I mean, I'm being intentional. But the example right I give is still saying
0: India started with payments. Now, the biggest is still buy juice, has nothing to do with payments. It, there, there are other examples. And it's the same thing in, in Ladam. The biggest companies are, are not necessarily, uh, Rappi is not it's not payments, it's delivery. We, we have good examples to say yeah. what you're saying is inaccurate. Yeah. But I, I know what you're saying, it it's just sort of leaves there. Yeah. But if, if you look, Rappi, I think it was three and a half billion. It's much harder. And Baidu's was 13 billion. So
1: yeah, It's happening. No, 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 it's not that it doesn't, it's not binary. It's that it ends up being, for, for the, at the risk of seeing something fairly obvious, payments ends up being a much harder sure. problem to solve. A- a- and and, you know, and it
0: scales w- way faster.
1: Yeah. 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 All right, to summarize, three parts in my summary. Longborn founder story, super, super inspiring. I love they building a business and building something profitable from the jump. I don't think, I don't meet many people who talk like that. Like if I talk to founders sometimes, it's always like, eh, they're always like, no, we have to do this other business line or something. They're playing a different game. That's good. The investors must agree. P versus VC. And I wonder if we'll see more P in tech or is it going to be limited to payments? We will P invest in a restaurant delivery service and say, we're going to roll up and an advance, and we've really thought about this market and get out of the way, we'll hmm. buy 50% of your company, and then we'll roll up and buy a bunch of stuff and, and exit in a couple of years hmm. or IPO? Like, basically, PE as a company incubator um, is an you interesting You know what's so model. funny, Bancole? Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt
0: yeah. you before it goes to the third one.
1: Yeah. I, can't wait for, I can't wait for us to do no. Move
0: because I think Move is doing something very similar to these guys. They raised a shitload of money, got crazy yeah. valuations, started to do all sorts of operational. It, there's, a, there's an interesting story we could tell with the move story, which is related to this. We'll do that episode soon. And for the audience who doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's M-O-O-V-E. And we'll talk more about it, but they're a very, very highly valued company yeah. doing something in the transportation space.
1: Yeah. And I just want to, I just reflect on the difference between payments mm. and fintech and other problems in Africa and fintech being exponentially easier. Not saying that it is easy, it's just easy relative to Excuse me, telling farmers about crops and, right. and whatnot. Interesting.
0: Hmm. And Th- thank you for that. Yeah, it's a lot to, to, to ponder on. Yeah, the more companies we see, the more we understand the difficulties of making some specific sectors work based on the current readiness of the continent. The access yes, stack. access stack. And, I, and the funny thing is, the access stack we always talk about, there's a parallel fintech stack, which is getting, like the FinTech stack is yeah. exponentially increasing and getting better. You can like get Providence Bank Rails, on top of that, Flutterwave uses Providus Bank, yeah. and then you build card issuing on top of it. So you can get a card issuing program yeah. that works with Flutterwave, that works with, you get three layers of APIs. <laughs> and all that happened past, but yeah. while the access stack is still yeah, shit. Um, anyway, fine, I feel like there's a whole blog post we can do about parallel stacks in Africa tech, but. I don't have any time for that shit. I'm gonna close out. I have four different categories entrepreneurs, investors, negative case, and then positive case. Entrepreneurs, I mean, Aaron, what what can I say? We've said all, he moved to Kenya despite the fact he had never been to Africa in his life. He started a consulting business and managed Mm -hmm. it profitably, bootstrapped for 10 years, 2006 to 2016. He had the foresight balls gods to team up with i mean a pe firm a growth equity fund whatever they want to call themselves to buy five companies and exit it it's just incredible and then he handed over the ceo reigns to a local a local lead i think a, a local female kenyan ceo the whole story is just like fascinating and then obviously he got super rich at the end he got his 13.5 million dollars plus whatever he owned of the remaining two idiot and also other co-founders, so he didn't get the full 13.5, he probably got it with our friend Offer as well. Either way, great story, very happy Offer. for him, got super rich, made a difference, helped people, lovely. Investors, I mean, it's almost like I wouldn't get any job anymore, but if someone said, advise me on M&A strategy, even I would be excited to do it. It's just so exciting, like, yeah, here's the market landscape, here's the market opportunity, I can, I can already formulate the deck in my head. Market landscape, market opportunities, players, and then you draw the value chain where all the different players stack, and then you start to grade them. And then after you grade them, you figure out this is a potential tar- target, this is a target. It, the, whole, the whole end-to-end life cycle of figuring out targets, working with them, acquiring them, integrating them, getting, it's just so exciting, I love it. And they did it, it's unbelievable. They partnered with, I, I, wonder, I wonder if, I'd love to do an interview with them to figure out why they picked DPO in the first place. I can understand why they picked the targets. That's fine. VCS virtual cards. I can understand that. But because DPO yeah. wasn't unique. If you look back at the time, there were many. Consul- yeah. There were consultants that were doing travel, airlines purchases. I mean, they buttered it up. The fact they had six employees, but there was something special they saw. I'd be interested to understand how they saw that. They made it work. They clearly backed the right team because they exit, they made a shitload of money. Very, very excited for them. I'd love to see them get more involved in Africa Tech in the future. Not necessarily to do the same thing, but with this knowledge and the money they got, hopefully they'll be excited because how much money did they get? 50 yeah. to 80% of $200 million plus $50 million. Incredible. And, and who knows? Maybe they haven't even cashed out the N.I. stake. It may actually be higher. If the equity ownership in NI gets higher, incredible outcome for the investors. Negative case and, bear and positive case. It's funny. <laughs> it's it's hard to say there's any negative case. They've already exited. So I'm going to define I'm going to define the negative bear case here is what happens with Network International in in the, the, the future and what happens with the acquisition process and the expectations of the deal versus reality. Case. Typically in M and A deals, the biggest problem is leadership transition and leadership not mm-hmm. basically leadership transition. That's the biggest problem. In this case, I don't know how big the DPO group benches but the new ceo judy the kenyan lady Mm -hmm. she was a ceo for so many years so it seems it'll be better it's already been two years nothing has gone wrong he retired the the value of having great Mm -hmm. leaders
1: seems straightforward it's still yes exactly exactly
0: you can't underestimate the value of having great, great leaders fingers crossed that goes well and i say leaders plural not singular because even though aaron was the face of the company it's very clear he had great people supporting him and he had the CEOs of those companies, like I said, important for MA. Another problem is integration challenges of purchase companies. It's bizarre that NI bought DPO and DPO bought five companies because even if they bought those companies in 2017, 2018, trust me, MA can take super long to do the full integration. They have two layers of integration going on simultaneously. Let's see how that goes. There's also yeah. increased competition on the negative bear case. Overall, I'm happy for NI. I think they'll make it work. They did the deal for the right reasons. I like the fact they have the acquisition side and the merchant side. Let's see how it goes. But that's the negative case. The positive case is obviously the opposite. Seamless leadership transition. She was CEO for so many years. Integration upside. Maybe there's some unexpected upside in some of their key markets, especially South Africa. I remember when Walmart bought Flipkart for sixteen billion dollars, and I was like, Oh my God, sixteen billion dollars! I know Amazon was going heavy and hard in India. I know the Indian e-commerce was about sixteen mm-hmm. billion. It turns out Flipkart owned phone pay and phone pay alone, not yeah. the rest of Flipkart, phone pay alone raised at a $12 billion valuation like in early 2023. Like Walmart wasn't buying yeah. phone pay; <laughs> They're getting e commerce, but apparently the PhonePay, yeah. yeah, the phone pay, yeah, pay, the pay part, well. uh, the the FinTech part of it is almost more valuable than the entire Flipkart. It's just hilarious. But yeah, o- overall a great yeah. story, very excited for them. Let's see how, how it all goes. I'm very, very curious to keep my eye on yeah. NI. And to keep my eye on Apex if they ever come back to to Africa to do m- more deals. It's
1: it's funny because oh, Apex does a, does a bunch oh, of deals. Um, oh really? Are there any big companies? Apex is a, they're an Africa focused area. No no feature. I mean I mean I mean I venture venture early yeah, like, mean this, like this like this early.
0: Oh I should mean, have clarified. I mean like come back to do early stage investing. I mean
1: when you say venture, do you think do you think they're doing venture? Do you think this one? is... <laughs> I mean you're using oh, terminology oh, that oh, I know oh, what mercy. you mean, but. In reality, it's difficult to distinguish. Okay, they are, they are okay, just I'll doing deals for money. i the
0: audience follow what I'm getting. I hope to see APIS doing more similar type deals in the future. That's what I meant. But you were going to say something.
1: They will tell you they, tell you they are doing similar no, type no. deals. by acquire whatever is in their portfolio to I'm exit in five years. The, Anyways, a, earlier that's stage. What, After they have been around for 10 years when they bought them, <laughs> that's not early stage. Love, it's a 10 year company But I know what you t- mean. I, I, I like I what you mean. I know what you mean. But still, it's important. Yeah, I also think... And I'm actually bullish on NI just by default. I'm not saying buy this, they get into price, I don't know. But it's more that it's really, they're set up as, a, as an option on the growth of, of Africa and e-commerce. It'd be basically like in the middle of a bunch of trends. That if you believe those to be true, and we do. We, right? what am I getting involved? Um, I'm innocent. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and we do. If you believe in those, it's a great, it's a great bet. It's a great, great balanced bet to have depending on, obviously, and then you get to, as an investor, you'd definitely be thinking about the price. Of course, of course. Of your but, but just 50%. from a high level, they're in Egypt, South
0: Africa, and Kenya. They're in all the biggest yeah. markets by population, and they're in the biggest part of the yeah. market, which is fintech. And
1: you're dominant on you're dominant yes. the issuer side, which Correct. is important. That's where it uh, starts. Anyways, so there's just a lot, basically increasing the take rate on each transaction right now, because now they can be on both sides of the same transaction, and they have a higher take rate on each, on each mm-hmm. side of the transaction. AM- yeah, so that ends up being super exactly Amex style. That ends up being super, super, super beneficial for them. Anyways, that's that's cool, that's that. amazing. I'm, I'm, well, I'm well, on yeah, that. we shall we'll we'll see. see. We
0: shall see how it goes. And cause they're publicly traded, it's actually easier to follow their progression. Following private companies ends up just being like slow, cause you have to wait for actual fundraising to see how they're doing.
1: We should, you know, what we should do? We should do, we should do one of those episodes where we just take a bunch of people in the in the in the company that we've talked about before on the podcast and just be like out for 10 minutes and then this for two. We just do like a, I think we're doing this for a couple of years
0: now. Oh, so you mean, you mean like just like hot takes, hot takes, boom, boom boom, 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 boom,
1: boom. Recap. Yeah, hot takes. I episodes, thought, like, I like it, I like different it. Different I
0: thought you were going based on what I said last, I thought you were going to say we should create like a affability hot list or something, like a tracker of all the companies and they can no. just click on it and see all the affability companies and their performance. Because we have a lot of publicly traded companies. Almost all the telcos are public. That's what I thought Okay. Recommendations and small wins? Cool. Recommendations, yeah, small ones. Yeah. You want to go? Or
1: you want me to go? Take it. <clears throat> yeah, I, ca- I can go actually. I have t- two recommendations. One is Mike Munger and Russ Roberts on Econ Talk, an Econ Talk episode. Still my favorite podcast. I After Affrability. To, to be Russ, like, yes, or Affrability yeah, <laughs> is obviously my favorite podcast. No, Mike Munger and Ross Roberts. Basically, it's about decision making. Russ Roberts wrote a book called Wild, Wild Problems. But what was interesting, jumped out of me from a podcast, amongst many other things, you should listen to the podcast, is the idea of decision-making as a process of becoming versus a process of doing. Basically, how do you make a decision about tough problems is what does this what does this decision make me as a person? Like deciding who I get married to or whatever, like tough problems. It's an interesting approach, lots more in a podcast. Listen to interesting. it. Interesting. That's one. Becoming. It's like, how Second does it change rec- yeah, yeah. you? You are changing, like exactly. It- how What does it say, what does it say ah, about you? That's heavy. You. Okay versus I'm yeah, yeah, doing yeah, something, yeah. and it's like decision making is a process of becoming. It's not static. But you're becoming so something. So it's like more.
0: It's more internalized to your own psychology versus an external action you're taking. That sounds deep, man. I thought it was an economics thing. That's, yeah. That sounds very philosophical. Whew.
1: It is. It's economics. It's all that guy's moved to Israel and it's just oh, wow. in okay. touch his feelings now.
0: Shout out to Israel. That's the um, whole theme of this episode. By the way, Israel tech is hot. Israel tech. Yeah, that's is, true. Israel, Israeli tech is hot. very known for uh, defense tech for obvious reasons. Anyway
1: yeah there's a second is a strategy. this strategy episode with eric seuford and ben thompson really talking about like ads i think it's att i uh-huh. listen to them a lot i work in ads my day jobs, love ads <laughs> but I
0: are so different for
1: business models so That's funny for business models pervasive and profitable like it's amazing how few people know how it works people think they know how it works i think it's super complex and super complicated and it's was a, a great like i love to just listen to or people talk about the, the b- nuances b- 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 of it b- b- like complicated
0: unbelievably like next level complicated. So so that's why a lot of people don't know the way, even just the separation of like display versus search versus video, even just those high level categories, people can't even wrap their heads around it. Like AdWords, AdSense, people don't even know the difference. It's It's really, really complicated,
1: yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I am like a big ad ad head. Those are my two recommendations. Akon talk episode on decision making and Shite Eric Surfred okay. and, and Ben Thompson. You should definitely sign up for Shite Oh both. yeah.
0: If you love afferability, you, you, lo- you love you uh, love In fact, uh, I wish Spotify would say if you like afferability, what the other podcasts do you like? Instead, Spotify, Apple Podcasts does say that. But Spotify says if you like affability, mm-hmm. <laughs> you like burner boy. <laughs> Monday uh,
1: legit funny yeah. man. Oh, okay. I, I, I have because the people who listen to your podcast also listen to. Barnabas yes, Davidio, fine. I'm, I'm a fan. I, I
0: can I, I could get with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah whatever. Three, four. Huh, I have a lot of recommendations today. Goddamn, the Art of War. Okay, brilliance. It's a book for creators and artists to get over the hump to actually release and put stuff out there. Because typically, anyone that wants to do any creative work, mm-hmm. they will always do this. They always say the same thing. They'll be like, Oh, I want to do it, but I don't yeah. have time or I'm busy. Or they give mm-hmm. all these excuses, but the surface level thing is almost. Is this Steve exactly? Steve yes. Oh, field, oh, you already Steve read it. Yes, exactly. Stephen Pressfield. You read mm-hmm. it? Okay, I okay, yeah. I, I've read yeah, a so it. So it talks sure. about that because at the end of it, like people say all that stuff, but the fundamental issue is actually fair. They're afraid of rejection, of failure. So, yeah, I encourage people t- to read that just to think about how to bring your inner creativity to this world. I guess for, for me now, it's easier. It's called sort of like a muscle. Now, Banco and I have been doing affability for, for three mm-hmm. years. So, it's easier for me to do other things. But if you don't do yeah. the first one, you just keep on thinking, how will it be? How will it be received? So, highly recommend. Also, extremely short. Yeah. I was shocked. Like the audiobook. I think it was like an hour and a half. Like I read it, the whole book, I read it in one sitting at the gym. You can If you're into audio books, the yeah. actual book must be super short. First one. Second recommendation, Navar Ravikant's podcast. Oh my God. He had David Deutsch on. If you don't know who David Deutsch is, David Deutsch is actually, he's a famous physicist. He's famous for quantum physics, Oxford guy, metaverse guy. It's just, to, to listen to both of them together. Yeah. It's like, it's like Nas and Tupac on the same album. Unbelievable. I liked it so much.
1: Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. You are not putting our advocate in in. You, don't don't gonna... be a hater. Don't be a <laughs> oh, hater. This is my moment to
0: shine. I, I liked it. David Deutsch? I, yes. I liked it so much. Fine. Hater vibes. I liked it so much that I realized that I never read David Deutsch's second book. First book. I read his second book, but I haven't read the first one. So I started reading that, which is my next recommendation. It's called The Fabric of Reality. Like, uh, his books are so... I recommend them, but you sort of have to like science... And physics and philosophy, but I love I I, I love his two books. I recommend the uh, uh, Fabric of Reality. I haven't finished yet, but I'll be done soon. And then the last recommendation is Fella in Versace. Funny ass songs. My Ness Hub shuffled to the song, and I was like, this song is dope. Highly highly recommend the song. Bankele looks disappointed. Maybe heard it like four in, years in, ago, but I uh,
1: no, but I like the song. Yeah, it's old, but also dude, the dude just got shot. Like AKA is oh. dead. Got shot in a club in Durban.
0: I, I don't listen to music. I don't know any... It just was on shuffle. I like it. I didn't know the person was actually dead. But okay.
1: Oh, God. I'm messing oh, with God. you. Okay. I'm messing with you. He just died like like a month ago. No, he
0: did just oh, die. You said and, you were I'm messing no. with me, but you're... doing <laughs> He's dead. Okay.
1: Banco, I'm messing with you by giving you crap okay. for it, but okay. he is dead.
0: I wreck. That's a very awkward recording moment. I did not know that. The song is still dope. I recommend the song. And yeah, yeah. unfortunate what Banquili said if it's true. So, so those are my recommendations. The Art of War, amazing yeah. book, enhance Your Creativity, Naval Ravikant Podcast with David Deutsch, and the, David Deutsch's book, The Fabric of Reality, his first book, and then Philan Versace's song.
1: Small wins? Nice, small wins. I can go. I, I signed up for a gym membership. It's the first time I'm joining a gym ever in my life. And... No, I don't do weights or anything. I don't really... But they have a basketball court and a pool. And that is... Like, I've realized what I love. I love playing basketball. I try to play a couple times a week. But what I like most my, like, my personal time is just shooting the basketball. Like, working on my jump shot. I shoot in the same shot and over again. Just alone. Like, I love that stuff. And alone. 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 By myself. Not even... Like, I like playing with people. But, like, that's a separate muscle. But what I do like a lot is... Like maybe this evening, I'm just going to drive down to the basketball court, put for headphones in and just shoot around for like oh, 30, 45 minutes, nice. break a sweat, try different layups. Like I love that. And I've been meaning to, I, like when I go play competitive, I will get there and I have to play the actual game and then turn around. But I just love, I love the game, but I'm, I'm actually going to go to the gym tonight, just shoot around. And that's oh. like a big win because they have a full size. Oh, that, court.
0: that's awesome. Yeah. You should also, so. it's funny, I think you gave a, a small win last year that you would started to do mm-hmm. some weights. And I, I gave the same response I'm gonna give now. Yeah. You would love classes. I don't know if your gym has classes as part of the package. Check no. it, maybe, maybe not. But yeah. there's something for everyone. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do. Boxing, if you like boxing. Taekwondo, if you like taekwondo. Cycling, yeah. if you like cycling, AKA spinning. Zumba, everything. Adventure- I, I love that cardio stuff. Cause men I think sort I of over index on muscle stuff, but cardio is pretty good for your heart.
1: Speaking yeah. of cardio. I actually ah, only do okay, cardio okay, you're, you're, you're a different kind of man then. Yeah. I mean, I'm a runner. I'm a right. Run, run, run. I was like, oh, no muscles. It's coming. It's coming. Just wait. When we do the affability meetup, just look for me to be there with a sleeveless shirt. And, and, and then, speaking
0: yeah. of speaking of sleeveless shirts, I tried Soul Cycle for the first time ever about a month ago.
1: Soul Cycle. Oh, okay. For those, what did you think? It was too rah-rah.
0: Oh, Everybody oh, you've done it before. Be happy. Holy shit. I was I was very surprised. Oh, it was literally for like being it. in a club. For the audience who you don't know what I'm talking. Soul Cycle is a spinning class. So. Bicycles everywhere. But when you start, they di- they literally dim the lights like a nightclub. There's hardcore rap music, gangster music, R&B. And the, the lead guy is like, or lady is like fun and ecstatic and yelling. And it was, I liked it, but it's not that close to my apartment. So maybe I'll do it once in a while, but it was very different. For some reason I hadn't researched, I didn't know it would be a club. Like when I heard some of the, it was fun, but hey. Yeah. I don't know if I would recommend it, but I liked it. It was fun. For the first time, it was good. Spinning is cool. It was a good experience. And yeah, if you like cardio, you will like it. That's my small one.
1: What do you think about the positivity? What do you think about the positivity? I love you it. You can do it. That's my personality. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tuning out. Your personality is yes. positivity? It's, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I say that, but
0: then people say I'm like very, very very cynical. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the difference
1: is. Exactly. I was literally about saying I'm, the exact I'm just thing. honest. It's I'm not just validated. Honest. Okay. On that note, we, we
0: wrap it. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. We wrap. So cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, topics you'd like to hear, or just want to say hello, please email info at Afroability.com. Thanks.